1: Just call 888-441-7290 or go to preparewithsouthernsense.com. You know what? Let's make it even more simple than that. You're listening to my show, and it's called Southern Sense, and you know you put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com, and click on the icon for my patriot food. Well, If you want to insist, you can still go to 888-441-7290 or go to my website, Southern Sense, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. All right. Um, It looks like we're having a little technical difficulty over here. We started the whole start off the show with the logo and with the promotion for My Patriot Food, and uh, we're getting sound uh, internet sound on other channels, but no sound coming over here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I've got people over in the chat room. Sarge, can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me now? All right, it looks like, uh, yep, we got a thumbs up. All right, fine. It looks like we're going to have to manually call out to our guests. I've got a guest co-host. We were trying out this new system and it's not working properly. Anyway, you're here listening to Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, and now Global Enlightenment Radio, hopefully, yes, uh, as well as YouTube, Facebook, iTunes. All oh, the heck with it. Just go to the... Ah, geez. Yes, audio problems again. Just go to my website, Southern Sense, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. I'm the hostess with the least hostess, the Radio Chickadee. And I want to welcome as a guest co-host and someone that we will be hopefully working with for a long time, Daryl Neely, the Odin Oh, good yeah. afternoon. How you
2: doing, <laughs> everyone? I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited and so proud to be here. And yes, uh, she is the radio chickadee, and she <laughs> is happy because we're having a good time. And we're going to really show people the truth, and it will set uh- you free.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Set us free. You know, I, I, my computer's a little bit slow because it's not accustomed to all this stuff going on at the same time. So it's not behaving and it's not pushing the scenes live like it should be. Uh, so if you're listening and watching over on Facebook and YouTube, just bear with us because... Um, I don't know what I'm going to have to do, whether or not I start splitting this up between the two servers. But we'll work it out, Daryl. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out because you're the the grandmaster on the other end. Well,
3: thank you uh,
1: so But <laughs> <Thanks for
3: myself. laughs> we
1: got ourselves a rock and roll show here today. Uh, Yet yeah, it's something is really slowing it down. And I don't know what it is, if it's Skype or what, but something's happening here. Anyway, uh, we'll get it going. We'll get our acts together uh restream is also having problems it wants me to know whether or not i want to continue or quit we want to continue to keep on otherwise i'm gonna to have to manually upload these videos later onto youtube and facebook so can people can watch it later but we've got great guests um we've got jennifer kearns uh, she you see her if you watch newsmax she's up there an awful lot uh she's with all american radio Um, She's the publisher of allamericannews.com. And then we have two gentlemen at the same time from a group that they've created called Every Black Life Matters. I'm going to ask them about that. Why isn't All Life Matters? Uh, One of them is the chairman of the Frederick, the, the, the teeth and backwards, Frederick Douglass Foundation of California. Can you believe there's actually conservatives and Republicans still in California this late date? Oh, man. Um, he's going to come on with his partner Neil Mammon. That uh, they are—he's the co-founder of Every Life, Black Life Matter. And then we've got a friend of mine. Um, I haven't had him on in years. He was with Faith, no, Hill Faith. Um, he worked with in Washington D.C. building Christianity in Washington D.C. His name is Mark Tapscott, and he's now the congressional correspondent for Epic Times. And Mark wants to become a very frequent guest on our show, so you know that's going to be that's going to be fantastic. We have a slot for him every week. But as usual, my friend Tom over at the Heritage Foundation sent us another. And um, Daryl, you don't know this, but every week we get a gentleman over at uh, Heritage sends us one of the spokespersons every week. So the final hour of our show is always from the Heritage Foundation, and this week it's going to be dr lee edwards and he's an expert on china as well as foreign correspondent um i mean he's a he's a man about town and i you get me started on china honey child you get me (laughs) Mm,
2: mm, you said china (laughs) hey i know people that have been banned off of youtube for saying china
1: oh man it's it's we're gonna have a bang up show Mm-hmm. an absolute bang up show and my phone is going nuts too i don't know what the heck is going on anything mechanical or electronic today is just messing up on me so <laughs> like i said this is like a brand new um area that we're going into today so guys you just gotta bear with us and hopefully everything will work out i hope not too many glitches anyway um let me get a sip of water here uh, So I want to welcome those that are listening over on here in Blog Talk Radio and those that are trying to listen over on Facebook and YouTube. I'm going to just, before we do our dedication, because everyone knows we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today is no less. And as soon as I double check this, yes, we are up live on YouTube. Let me pull that up. And... Let's go over Facebook. Let's um, refresh that. So just... I know, I just did something bad. I put my face off camera, so just bear with me. Yes.
2: <laughs> you're just having fun today.
1: Well, it's, it's, I'm getting used to this. And yes, we are up on Facebook and YouTube. Yay, we succeeded in that. All right, we got that working. And you're on the stream, too. Yes, I'm streaming. You're on your stream, too. Yes. Holy cow. Well, I've got to see these numbers after we get done. It's like, who's that crazy effed up chick over there? Uh, And yeah, it looks like I'm going to have to add a little extra energy to my CPU here. So I'm going to have to get a hold of my computer people and say, hey, can we boost this beast? Anyway, um, those that listen to the show know that we start off each and every show, besides me being zany, Uh, seriously, with a dedication to a fallen hero. And we do for our military, our veterans, historic people, our first responders. And most of the time when we do first responders, the majority are law enforcement officers because they lose their lives the most in the line of duty. Second would come firefighters. But every once in a while, someone from the Department of Corrections um, ends up losing their life in the line of duty. And today, dedication is going to go out to Lieutenant Eugene Lasko of the Indiana Department of Corrections. His end of watch was Sunday, February 21st of this year. And this is from multiple sources. Um, most of them were coming uh Oh, geez, I didn't even put the sighting here. I normally do that, and I apologize. Out of um, NWI Times, the vast majority of these items came from, as I pieced this together, so please bear with me. And it starts off, a 57-year-old lieutenant at Indiana State Prison was fatally stabbed by an inmate after coming to the aid of another corrections officer the Indiana Department of Corrections said. Lieutenant Eugene Lasco of La Porte began his career with the maximum security prison in Michigan City on October 19, 2009 and was a locksmith and a former member of the emergency squad. Lasco also served on the technical response team for Safety Hazmat and received multiple accolades for his service. Lieutenant Eugene Lasko paid the ultimate sacrifice, and we are forever indebted to his service to the state of Indiana, said Indiana Department of Correction Commissioner Robert Carter. He added, Lieutenant Lasco was well known amongst his colleagues as a true team member, someone they could count on, and he proved that again when he rushed in to help a fellow correctional officer. His sacrifice will not be forgotten. Lasco and Sergeant Patrick Schmidt were in a common area around 2.30 p.m. that day when inmate Tymetri Campbell, 38, attacked Schmidt and stabbed him multiple times, the department said. Lasco went to help Schmidt and Campbell stabbed Lasco. Lasco and Schmidt were both taken to the Franciscan Health Hospital in Michigan City, where Lasco was pronounced dead, officials said. Lasco's death was ruled a homicide. Laporte County Coroner Lynn Swanson added, Schmidt was transferred to Memorial Hospital in South Bend, where he was listed in stable condition. Schmidt, twenty-two of Lake Station, began his career at Indiana State Correctional Facility. On December five of two thousand sixteen, he was promoted to the rank of correctional sergeant on February seventh. Carter ordered flags to be flown at half staff at all Department of Correction facilities in Lasco's honor. The Indiana House started its session in Indianapolis with a moment of silence for Lasco. Per protocol, Governor Eric Holcomb directed flags to be flown at half-staff at LaPorte County on the day of LasCO services. Campbell was sentenced in January of 2004 to 130 years in prison for three murders in Marion County, according to Indiana Department of Correction and the Indiana Court of Appeals records. The Court of Appeals in 2007... Upheld Campbell's sentence despite his argument in lower court, didn't take his remorse. Really, didn't? I will repeat that: the lower court didn't accept his remorse for the for the killings in consideration. The Indiana State Prison is the state's oldest correctional facilities. Its maximum security section houses inmates with the longest sentences and those convicted. Of violent crimes. Hundreds gathered on a gloomy Sunday to honor the life of Lieutenant Eugene Lasco, a longtime lieutenant with the Indiana Department of Correction. Lasco, 57, died on February 21st after being stabbed at the Indiana State Prison where he worked for nearly 12 years. Lasco received his final call. Unit 15, ISP Control. Unit 15, ISP Control. Unit 15, Lieutenant Eugene Lasko Sr., ISP Control. A solemn voice announced over a radio. On February 21, 2021, Indiana Department of Correction, Lieutenant Eugene Lee Lesko Sr., answered, His final call, the voice continued, breaking in the middle of the message. While assisting another officer who was being attacked, Lieutenant Lesko was fatally stabbed. There is no greater love than a man that would lay down his life for another. Indiana Department of Correction Lieutenant Eugene Lee Lesko Sr., Unit 15 is 1042. He has gone home for the final time. And I will add, stand down, sir. Job well done, we'll take it from here. Friends, family, and law enforcement officers gathered indoors and outdoors once the auric shrine hall reached capacity at the michigan city hall to say goodbye to lasco an american flag was draped over his casket as it came out of the hall where lasco was honored by dozens including indiana governor eric holcomb who attended his funeral according to previous times reporting lasco and sergeant patrick schmidt we're in a common area around 2:30 p.m. that February 24, when inmate Timothy Campbell, 38, attacked Schmidt and stabbed him multiple times. IDOC said. Lasko went to help Schmidt, and Campbell stabbed Lasko. Lasko and Schmidt were taken to the Franciscan Health Hospital in Michigan City, where Lasko was pronounced dead. His death was ruled a homicide, according to LaPorte County Coroner Lynn Swanson. After a private funeral service, traditional graveside services were promote, performed at Auroch Shrine. A riderless horse, Wyatt, accompanied by Captain Dale Thomas of the LaPorte County Sheriff's Office, rode by Lasco's casket, signifying the fallen officer looking back on his troops, Thomas said. Indiana Metropolitan Police Department Captain Don Wilhammer explained the services, including the folding of the flag, a 21-gun salute, taps, and bagpipes being played that Sunday as Lasca was being buried in Decatur, Illinois, the following Monday. Logistically, it would be next to impossible for us all to go into Illinois, he said. Lasker was escorted to the Indiana-Illinois state line, where the Illinois state police troops took him to his final resting place, Will Hammer said. Various members of law enforcement, including from IDOC, the Michigan City Police Department, and the Indiana state police were present, as well as correction officers from across the United States. John Bray, A lieutenant with the Rhode Island Department of Corrections traveled to Michigan City to pay his respects. It means a lot to us to come out and show the family that they're not by themselves. We truly are a brotherhood, said Bray, who also is a commander with the Rhode Island Brotherhood of Correctional Officers. Police, I'm sorry, people forget about us, and they often refer to us as the forgotten law enforcement Because when inmates are prosecuted and locked up, they are forgotten by most people in society. And then we're the law enforcement, the firefighters, and the EMTs that have to deal with these people. Unfortunately, society seems to forget that we're there also. Bray, who has been an officer for 25 years, said it was good to see such a turnout. But unfortunately... It never seems like there's enough. There's a very heavy turnout with law enforcement and from other departments around the country, and it makes us feel good, he added. After a final private funeral service, traditional graveside services were performed. A riderless horse Wyatt, accompanied by Captain Dale Thomas of Littleport County Police Sheriff's Office, rode by his casket, signifying the fallen officer looking back on his troops with the boots in reverse. Luke Dotman waited patiently for the remains of his uncle, Lieutenant Eugene Lasko, to arrive at the Graceland Cemetery in Decatur, Illinois. He went above what was expected, Dotman said, but now we're bringing him home. A police escort accompanied Lasko from Michigan City to Decatur for burial. Arriving at the site that included a large American flag hanging from a Decatur Fire Department ladder truck, waving in the wind, and even more flags lighting the path, the procession followed to the site of the int- intimate ceremony attended by only two dozen loved ones. We feel he died a hero, he said. He didn't have to do what he did. Brian W. Root, owner of Root Funeral Home, was responsible for the Indiana services and the transportation of Lascaux to Decatur. The escort to central Illinois was a smooth transition, he said. Everybody co- cooperated well in the two states. This is very hard for everybody, but everything went well. Jim Oll, deputy chief of the Decatur Fire Department, was contacted by the Illinois State Police to assist with honoring Lasco. Any time you have somebody that gives their life in the line of duty, it's a big deal, Old said. Any support that people can come out and show to that person's family is greatly appreciated. Decatur and Hickory Point Fire Departments provided assistance to the funeral procession by controlling traffic along Oakland Avenue in front of the cemetery entrance. We're just out there to show our support for a fellow first responder, Old said. Local officers arrived in Indiana early that morning before Lasker's family started on their journey to Decatur. Sergeant Clayton Burrows, with the Macon County Sheriff's Office, was one of the escorts during the three-hour drive. When I saw that he was from Decatur, it was just a no-brainer for me, Bowers said, and about his decision to volunteer to be part of the escort detail. The service was a somber event touching the very heart of the officer. It can happen to anybody at any times. Barrows said. It's a brotherhood. Although officers and first responders are often in harm's way, honor anyone who falls in the line of duty is important. If you can participate and be involved in laying them to rest, it's worth it, he said. The Making County Sheriff's Office led the escort of Lasker's remains through the state. Four Illinois State Police motorcycles surrounded the hearse as it traveled to its final destination. According to previous reportings by the Times, Lasco and Schmidt were in a common area when inmate Tree Campbell attacked. Lasco went to help Schmidt, and Campbell attacked Lasco. Lasco's death is a reminder for many law enforcement officers of the dangers involved in their jobs. There's some people that are still dangerous, even when they are behind bars, said Decatur Police Chief Jim Getz. I think this shows that. And at a time when we are enabling things because of police reform, we still got to remember how dangerous some of these people are. And that's not just on the streets, but it's also behind bars. Police officers are the last line of defense between the public and chaos, Getz said. I hate to make a political statement, but a correctional officer will be buried, and lawmakers and legislators in places like that won't really pay attention. It's added, he feels for the Lasco family. He's going to work and thinking he's going to be home that night, and he's not. He added, it's sad. It's very, very sad. Today's show is dedicated to Lieutenant Eugene Lasco. It's also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be it law enforcement, firefighters, emergency workers, and, yes, correctional officers. It's also dedicated to the brave men and women out there that serve in our military from the birth of this wonderful nation through today and into our hopeful future. We dedicate to them this song by my friend Todd Allen Herrington. My name is America. May God bless each and every one.
4: I stand for my respect for humanity. Now I'm challenged by tyrants.
2: Darryl. I am back. What happened?
1: Yeah, I don't know. You got knocked off. Oh. i um, sorry, I was almost in tears
2: thinking about the officer. And, <laughs> I, I, I mean, literally, I was in tears. Uh, and Kevin McCurry is calling in now, just to let you know.
1: Oh, that's early. It, That's early for him because we got Jennifer Kearns that should call. Should we Um, should be calling first?
2: Okay. Well, I will hold her off. Him off. I'll message him um, right now. Um, Okay. Okay. And we're still good.
1: All right. So you've got to activate your camera too.
2: Oh, I forgot. Sorry, y'all are seeing me (laughs) in tears over here, and (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm. Can I at least wipe my face?
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that cultural appropriation? Uh, Oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. uh, um, I don't know (laughs) what to say anymore. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Let me do this. I'm going to take two seconds to hop and bounce back to you. And um, I can't even get my camera on now. What is going on? It doesn't make sense. (laughs) Skype is changing so much.
1: What is, what is going Every time they change a, a computer program. As a matter of fact, um, I use um, Firefox for my browser, and I, it's, it's, I think that's taking up too much of my CPU. It's probably what one of my problems. Is. But they updated it, and they messed it up so much that I cannot get accustomed to it. So I try to go to, like, my bookmarks and stuff. It, it, guys, if it's working, don't mess with it. Leave it alone. We like it the way it works. Oh yeah, Sasquatch. He's over up on uh, YouTube. Thank you. Glad you're up there. I don't have that up on the screen, so let me go and pull that up. So yep, okay. Here we go. Yeah, we got a couple of people up over on YouTube right now. So thanks, guys. And we got people over here. I got that working.
2: We got people on Facebook on the Global Enlightenment Radio Network side, uh, quite a few. And we also uh, have—I haven't even checked my YouTube yet. I wonder if I'm uncensored. <laughs> Did I say that word? All right, I'm bouncing over so I can get the video on, so I can be ugly. I mean, pretty, oh, whatever.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thirty seconds. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold up to the screen a a screenshot I took of um, my Facebook page, and um, at at one point, my county council was only attending meetings virtually, uh-huh. so you had to go onto Facebook. In order to send them messages about whatever's on their agenda, so I sent a message very polite. Um, I bet uh, I I don't have the whole thing because they took my whole message down. But I very quietly said, you know, under my own name, not an alias. I said I oppose the current resolution listed as item 10 on your October 26th county council agenda know that we state South Carolina population as of 2017 was just and blah, blah, blah. It was talking about um, doing infrastructure improvements to certain areas based upon anticipated population. And I felt that they were kind of like juicing the numbers. So I said, I object to what you have on the agenda. Facebook turned around and sent me... um, that they, they found that it violated community standards. Huh? We usually offer the chance to re- request a review and follow up who got decisions wrong. So I sent a request for them to review it. We have fewer reviewers available right now because of the coronavirus. Nice excuse, because 99% of your people work out of their own homes. That's BS. You know that for, for a fact. Yeah. We're trying hard to prioritize reviewing content with the most potential for harm. Meanwhile, I put this up in October last year, and it took them until yesterday to determine that the very fact that I disagreed with something on the county council agenda, a public meeting, a public agenda, an area for public comment on the agenda, nothing disrespectful was said i simply said i object to you, and this is the reason why i object and yet they found it objective and in violation of community standards these guys are friggin nuts uh,
2: well i got to help you on this one i got one of them just, that that may ride with you just a little bit better i can go right now into my mm-hmm. <clears throat> support inbox on facebook mm-hmm. and i had a violation that was done in 2020, that came to bite me today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, we're in June. It took them nine months to determine that a very simple, harmless comment I made on a public forum for a public governing body responsible to we the people, and a public comment I made to my elected officials politely and logically was violating community standards according to Facebook, uh, in other words, they've got me in their sight and they 're gunning for me or- I made I listen i 've been shadow banned on reddit um I've been shadow banned probably on several other social networks that I had no idea. And now Facebook is saying, we're gunning for you because mm-hmm. you're one of those Trump people. You know that?
2: Now, I have, a, I have a good one for you. See, now Facebook also has the bullying prevention system, and I think they're bullying me, and I think they're bullying you. <laughs> so if I say they're bullying me, will, will I ever get any more, you know, you know the Facebook strikes and going to Facebook jail and spending time in Facebook prison. I mean I, I mean, I know we were all there together at some point. We just didn't recognize each other. It's like, hey, how you doing? What were you in here for? Well, I just said that you know um, the government was doing wrong, and they put me in jail for. Sixty days. Well, I've been in here for ninety-five days now. What'd you do? Well, I can tell you all honestly. You wouldn't want You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But uh, for ninety, I was in the Facebook jail for hundred and five days because I said something very nice. You know, uh, I said that you know I don't believe in Black Lives Matter.
6: And it was oh, over. And,
2: it was, and, 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 and I'm telling you, during the whole campaign time, I had to create new accounts. And, you know, as they do, they, they cancel it and cancel it and cancel it. So if you really want to have some fun, you can actually say, you know, I'm a Republican and I don't believe in the coronavirus um, thought and I know it was weaponized against America. And then, oh, my God, oh, did I say that out loud? Oops, there goes your YouTube. <laughs> Only in America. Um, Only in America. Okay, I'm hopping over oh. so I can get my, my, you know, somewhat attractive face back on the screen. Nah, I don't need it. I'm, I'm human.
1: <laughs> well, I got your, if I can get this to move. No, we're going to go down. There we go. Uh, and it didn't work. I tried to do a screen capture of your thing, and it didn't work. Don't worry. Listen, we're going to
2: have fun regardless. We got too many people that we have to talk to with so much knowledge and experience. And they speak the correct truth, which is kind of, you know, a a leftist way of saying that we tell the truth and we know what we're talking about type thing. You know? You know that thing. Yep. You know the thing. You know the thing. I got to get me some shades. (laughs) Yeah, I got to get me some shades, too.
1: (laughs) Well... Listen, I I, I want to add a little bit fun to this one uh, because you know what I did. Yeah, all right, there we go, there we go. We're gonna put you up there, Daryl. I got I got your face. You don't need to put your camera on. Okay. I took I took something that you had up from one of your previous shows, and I got your uh, your ugly face up there.
2: Okay, good, 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 <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm I'm glad. You know, all I want is a peach pie. But tell us what you got to tell us, Coral. <laughs> all
1: right. So here we're told that we violated community standards simply for you know making a public comment on a public forum to an elected official during a public meeting. Uh, but this is how the left is. Is so hypocritical. Do you remember this guy, Jeffrey Tobin from CNN?
2: Oh, yeah. Wasn't he the guy that got fired?
1: Yeah, he got fired about seven months ago uh, because he was doing a, I don't know if it was a Zoom meeting, but one of these telemeetings. And, of course, he's at home. And, of course, they've got the shot from the head up, allegedly. Mm -hmm. But while he's there doing the Zoom phone, he's fiddling with his, you know, best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it politely, uh-uh. um, from they, they got him from the waist up wearing something. From the waist down, he was having fun mm-hmm. with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh,
1: so he was wagging the dog, <laughs> to put, okay, okay. uh, put it another way, yeah. uh, while he was talking to his fellow uh, teammates at CNN. Now, talk about being disrespectful. Talking having no respect for the other women that you're talking to. Uh, talking about having no respect for your job. I mean, even if I am here on the radio, I am clothed. I put a little makeup on so I don't look like I'm you know, ugly old hag, even though I am. Uh, <laughs> nah, don't play that. Nah. But I am fully dressed. You know, I'm not going to get on camera and not be fully dressed. Heaven forbid, if I have to stand up and do something, reach for something behind me or near me or whatever, that's been like uh, one broadcast I had to go running because I heard someone fall in the house. And we had have two people on walkers and you hear someone go crash, oh. you know, you, you got to go. But here he is. And that is how much respect he had for his fellow workers at CNN and that he thought gratifying himself sexually while talking to them, was far more important than what they were talking about. Far more important about putting his head into the job he's being paid to do. That's how much he, respect he had for his fellow workers, especially the women he was speaking with. And CNN, after seven months, instead of saying, listen, you're a sexual pervert. Uh, we don't want you back. They hired him back. He was on camera talking to Allison Camarata. And she's joking about this as if that's not something serious. How much self-respect does she have for herself you that know, she allowed, You know, you think about this.
2: God, that's sick. That's sick. I'm sorry. And where's the women's rights organizations about this? That yeah, should, that should be the yeah. big question. Where are you, women's rights organizations? I mean, I mean, you talk about a man that's having a just joking his own chain. While doing a a Zoom broadcast, where the women's rights organization? How about this? Where are the people talking about child abuse? Because there might have been a child watching this show. Ooh, exactly. Make it a little deep. Yeah.
1: And then what does that say for for parents as their kids are watching this? Uh, yeah. Why did he, mommy? Why did he get fired? Well, then they have to explain masturbation to the child. Oh, wait a minute. We don't need the parents to explain it anymore. They're teaching it in school.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: uh, uh, Yeah. Pee-wee Herman.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. You can tell I got some age. I actually mentioned Pee-wee Herman, okay?
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, and he's back. (laughs) He's back, too. And he's like an authority. Pee-wee Herman. Oh, come on. Uh, if that man wasn't a joke, I don't know what he was. But yeah, this 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 is what our society has now degraded into. And matter of fact, in the future we're gonna have a gentleman come on the show. His name is Mac Taylor. He's coming to my tea party meeting this month. He wrote a book called The Assault. Oh jeez, I'm gonna get this wrong now. Oh jeez, I just had a major brain fart. And I was just sending out emails last night uh, about this guy. Mac Taylor has assault on the future in America. That's what it is, the assault on the future in America. Now, he wrote this a couple of years ago. But if you read his book, it's, it's for today. And he tells you what the assaults are and what we as individuals can do to stand up to it and right the wrongs. But this is what we have to do. We are we as Americans, no matter where you are, whether you're you're liberal, you're conservative, you're you have to really look at what we truly stand for, and then we have to look at the ultra left, and then excuse my language, I'm going to say it, bitch slap them. You have to turn around and say, hey, listen, stupid, we were not based upon the idea of slavery. People did not come here to create another forum for slavery. No. We came here for freedom, originally religious and political freedom. Freedom from the tyranny of the monarchies, the despotism that was coming from the monarchies, monarchies, and for religious freedom. Because if you weren't Anglican in England and you were a Catholic, you were persecuted. My grandfather's my great grandfather fled because he was Roman Catholic in Germany where Germany is Protestant and you're a Roman Catholic. Uh-uh. You're, you're almost as bad as Hitler treated the Jews. And by the way, Catholics were thrown in concentration camps along with Jews, but you know, they were treated maybe a little bit better because they weren't Jewish, but not much. Uh, you know, it, you, you find persecution for religion, Or politics, and that's why people came here because they could freely practice. And that is why, in the Constitution, the First Amendment is for not only for freedom of speech, you can speak politically, whatever your heart desires, but that also of religion, one of the five freedoms mentioned in the First Amendment. Then the freedom to protest, the freedom to ask your government for redress. These are all the the, the important things that we came here to the United States for. But no, 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 no. According to critical race theory, they came here to establish slavery. And yet, in our Declaration of Independence, it states all men are created equal. It didn't say all white men. And at that time, historically, when you used the word men, you meant all of humanity, male Female, black, white, orange, purple, chartreuse, whatever color, whatever gender. It was all of humanity was created equal in the eyes of God. And we must recognize that as men, it was recognized in the Declaration of Independence and then reinforced in our Constitution through its amendments. I'm getting on one of my tirades, but That's a good it, one. It, this really... Picks me
2: off. You're telling the truth, and that's the problem. People don't want to hear the truth. They can't handle it. I mean, look, they give us technical issues. They they upgrade us, and then they downgrade us. What? As humanity? They downgrade no. us as to be um, indoctrinated children, and they got to re-indoctrinate us. Look at the left, what they're doing to us. They're they bringing us critical race theory, which has been running around the system and running around, people have ignored it, people have not paid attention to it since the seventies. And look at it today. Hey, guess what? Now I'm gonna show my true force, my true powers. Like to some comic book hero, you know, getting ready to show the brightness of within him and the strength and the power. And it came right out. And guess what? No one wants to stand against it. Well, we will. We're Americans.
1: What? What I, I find so ironic, and I'm looking at the uh, YouTube entries. Yes, I'm looking at what you guys are posting. Thank you, guys. Um, PS, PSGE7 uh, posted less than 9%. I have to apologize because with these glasses, you're reading at the distance. The uh, screen is a little bit difficult. So if you see me go off camera, I'm trying to read what you wrote. Uh, the person, individual, wrote. Um, matter of fact, that's Sarge. Sarge. I'll be damned, Sarge. You're sneaky. You're sneaky, Sarge. Uh, wrote, Less than 9% of the Atlantic slave trade came to North America. Most of the remainder went to South America and the Caribbean. However, you got to remember that slavery has been in, in existence ever since the first caveman con- uh, beat down its neighbor. It has been part of human history since the birth of man. If you conquered your neighbor or the country trying to set up next door, you enslaved them. And that was your your labor. You know, was it right? No. Slavery has never been right. You know, it's been recognized in the Bible. And yet in the New Testament, they then say you treat your servant as you would treat yourself. Recognizing God through Christ, recognizing that all, of creation were equal in the eyes of God, and that we, if we emulate Christ and try to be more like him, we would recognize that basic truth. So no, the United States, this nation, was not predicated upon the idea of slavery, but upon the idea of Christianity and equality. And who were the greatest slave traders in the the world? The Africans and the Arabs especially the Muslims, because in the Quran, it recognizes slavery outright. It recognizes it. It endorses it. It teaches that only true Arabic Muslims were the true Muslims. Everyone else outside of those two tribes were subhuman. (laughs) You know? And when they say, when, when they speak in Islam, and says, "Well, the passage says that that you are friends to the Christians and Jews. Don't ask them the rest of that that phrase before the Prophet Muhammad. The rest of the phrase goes before Muhammad was born. You could be friends with them. Afterwards, no, you can't. That's in the Quran. Uh, 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 so, and, and where, and and ask." Ask me where there are over 8 million slaves at this point in time. In the continent of Africa and being traded into the Muslim world. 8 million blacks are enslaved today. Not in the United States, but in Africa itself and in the Arab Muslim states. So, excuse me. You want to treat critical race theory? I think, honey, Cha, you need to go to Africa and to the Muslim countries and teach critical because they're they're predicated upon the ideal of slavery. Not here, honey, Cha. You got the wrong nation.
3: Mm, mm, mm. These
2: people, these people. I mean, you know, I always tell people, God didn't see us as a race or a color. God never said anything about you know, race or color. So I'm trying to understand why here in America and everywhere in the world we have that, well, not everywhere in the world, sorry, I won't say that, In America, I can't even go to Canada and say it because they don't even have it on their forms. We have race, and that's the first issue. Then we indoctrinate it into our children through the systems that are there, and they're set up for indoctrination. We separate everything. God didn't separate. We separate. So if you really want to say you're a Christian, you look at the words of Jesus, Jesus was not a divider. Jesus was a bring together. Okay.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's one other thing I will mention is that um, it was Christ that turned around and went out into areas where Jews were not supposed to go where he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan who went and helped someone that normally they would be enemies, they would try to kill each other, but yet he helped him. And it was when Christ came from the resurrection and gave the gift of tongues, sent them out to other nations, speaking their language and teaching them the gospel. He said, I will go out to you. I'm not going to bring you in here. I'm going to treat you as an equal. Go out into your lands live as you do, and teach the word. And that's the difference. Uh uh you know, That's what they fail to understand. So this critical race theory is definitely anti-Christianity and Judaism. If anything, it's another form of segregation and enslavement. I mean, someone, someone uh, sent my... Sister, a picture of a can of Coke they bought up on Long Island New York. And I I, I didn't take it off my phone. I would have put it up here on the Internet. Um, But it was a can of Coke. And on the side of it was written, was printed on the can, Be Less White.
2: Uh Uh, Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One more time. Be
1: Less White.
2: That's racist, that's racism. you That's being racist to me, I feel offended. I mean, I'm sorry, if I was on the left, I wouldn't say that, if I'm on the right, I will say that. But hold on, if what person on the left can say as much racist innuendos and toned words to anyone, and it's okay. I mean, I, we started off with our President of the United States. My name is Joe Biden. And I'm running for senator, uh, a congressman, uh, whatever. And I, uh, and if you're not voting for Joe Biden, you sure ain't black. Mhm. I mean, mm-hmm. hold on. What? What? What was that? Did he just like segregate you? Isn't that discrimination? Yeah. Isn't that ism? <laughs> and plus, he didn't know what he was running for. So. <laughs>
1: Well, Daryl, what I'm going to do to you, I'm going to let you go on a rant because I'm going to have to call over to Jennifer Kearns and bring her in. So I'm going to mute myself here and let you talk to people and tell them about your show and what you're doing with Dan Perkins, too, so they can also tune in to you. Okay,
2: definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Daryl Neely, also known as Odin. And me and Dan Perkins have a show called Black and White. That's blackandwhite.us, blackandwhite.me. We're our website's coming up now, and I was talking to our wonderful website man, and it is going to be awesome. um I have fun. They called me the radical. I mean, I come off my head with some great stuff, and. And my questioning is always radical, meaning off the wall. Sometimes I will go down a cherry lane and pick up every cherry there is. Or sometimes I just go out the straight, that one cherry that I want. And that's what I do with any guest that I have. Um, the idea of racism and ideology is what our show is based on. Having a conversation. That's what we want to do. Have a conversation. Not no blittering Argument, no fight, no disgruntlement. Yes, we do. um, Sarge, I got to say it. Yes, we do fight indoctrination. We do fight what is wrong. We talk about it. We've brought on guests from uh, that spoke about how the Asians are being discriminated against. We've already had a show about what are happening with the Jews in New York and in Portland, Oregon. And we had a civil rights person, Mr. Wolford, on our last show. They will all be up on the website as www.blacksandwhites.com. and dot com. Oh sorry, dot us and then dot M E. We haven't got dot com yet. I wanna get that one. I want it. Um I have fun. And I think radio is supposed to be a place where you have free speech and you can communicate. I mean, do you remember back in the old days when people used to have good communication? Well, look what you have now. You have it. It's so divided. It's ridiculous. And no, I don't want to hear it from the left side. I'm sorry. I can't listen to them, those socialist Marxists. I can't do it for a reason because they disavow the existence well,
1: Darryl, of
4: truth. Yes. Daryl,
1: it looks it looks like I'm going to have to make this call live because I'm trying, and I had my backup number up hooked up, and I get no sound from it. So um, we're going live. Whatever's on the phone going on, call,
2: ladies
1: and gentlemen. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, going to do this live.
2: Uh oh. So, bear thanks. with us. Hey, bear with us, and say thank you to Skype. <laughs> thank you for your every loving updates.
1: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Well, waiting for this to ring through. And hopefully we can get it. But uh, this is all the more reason why, Gerald. We're going to have to go to that new program. Yes, we will. And see. Yeah. Uh, Because there's a new program out there that will make this a lot easier. And I don't even hear it ringing.
2: I don't even hear it. It, This is a shame. This is a shame before the truth. The truth.
1: Please leave your message for 2127291123. Sorry, mailbox is full. To send an SMS <laughs> notification, press 5. Okay. All right. Let's, How about,
2: hey, will make it easy, okay? For the guests. To send an to...
1: SMS notification, press 5. Let's, let's hang, let's, let's up, love let's, us. Come <laughs> on, hang up. Okay, all right. uh,
2: Listen, for the guest, if you're listening, which most likely you are, why don't you just call in to me and make make life easy. In fact, I used to remember back in the day when the guests used to be on time and they they would call you. Uh, Erico, 202-684-690. Well, that's
1: the problem here because now that you and I are talking through Skype, unless someone calls into the Skype phone number, uh, obviously this is not going over on blog talk radio or, or they are hearing it. But if you call into the studio, because I have a backup phone number I use, I call into the studio with, Yeah. I put the headset on to make the call out using the backup number and I got no sound. So if someone's calling to the studio, they're not hearing, they have to call into my Skype number, uh, which is what I'm going to have to turn around and see if I can tell Dylan uh, to have her call the Skype number. And that way I can pull her in. But, you know, Uh, we got
2: all day. I don't care. Uh, Sorry uh, to my girl, Michelle Swinnick of Everything Home. I will do your show on the other computer while... And we're going to be right here on this one, so you don't have to worry about it because, you know, Leo Zagami is going to be on there. I got to take care of Leo. Um, And also, I got to say, the updates they're doing is to make it harder for us. It's another form of censoring. I mean, I have to say, is it... can you tell that we're being censored? I mean, I can probably try to call out to the person, but guess what? It probably won't get through because of the way they have changed the programs themselves. And it's not as easy as the people think it is because I've gone through. I, had, I remember two years ago, I had to go back and get an older Skype program to make calls out myself. And also I did it last month. <laughs> and last month um, and now Skype is not letting you downgrade but do you have to continue to upgrade but I bet if the person were to call in or call into your Skype number it'll be a wonderful mm-hmm. experience and we would just just love to have you here didn't I just sound peaceful
1: well with well, this this new computer does not have my address book in it so I have to look through the paperwork to find the agents. All right, all right. And send him in. Okay. Just bear with me, folks. Go ahead. Keep on going. Just rant,
2: Daryl. Okay. Now let me tell you something that really pisses me off, everybody. Is how they've actually manipulated the system and the ideology of today according to the realm of the minority. Not minority in race, not the minority. The minority numbers in this country. When a 003 percent of this population can dictate and rule over you and get things over you, then something is wrong. Remember we were founded by every man a vote. That means the vote had to be a majority to win that's I mean isn't that like common sense there? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the kids today do not understand logic. Why are we still? battling with these youngsters that are taking us from point a to point z i'm gonna go back to my topic again so watch it and Mm -hmm. not allow us to have any form of true communication but we all can go see a psychiatrist and get some cocoa well
1: well hopefully we can get jennifer kearns back on on another day when we have the new program up and running oh you know um I'll tell you this right now, Daryl. I've got Kevin Sarbo's phone number on my desk here.
3: Um, A friend
1: of mine uh, is good friends with him. Uh, We've had Sam Sam Sarbo on the show in the past. So as soon as we get it up and running with the new program and everything, we'll have him on because I don't want to screw up that interview. No, 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 no.
2: Kevin Sarbo (laughs) is such a cool guy. I've actually interviewed him when I was at another radio network years ago. And I tell you, I could not stop. I've I've seen every episode of Starship Andromeda, okay? I'm, I'm not going to lie to nobody about that one. Starship Andromeda was my show. And then when he appeared with Xena, the warrior princess, okay, yeah. And Hercules? I, 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 well, I wasn't even talking about him as Hercules, I was looking at Xena.
1: <laughs> but no, oh, I can't go well, there. <laughs> but she turned out to be she turned out to be a real disappointment politically. Yes. She opened her mouth a couple of times and it's like, "A oh, girl, stick to acting. Yeah. You yeah. know, what was it that uh, Lucy Lawless. Who was it that said shut up and sing? <laughs> oh god. Oh my God.
2: The problem <laughs> that we have in this country once again is that we got people that, we we got a young group of people, and yes, you're right, the Bolsheviks were severely a minority in Russia. Yes, they were. In fact, there were fewer than 500 of them at that point in time in history. But when we let that minority dictate us, i.e., here we go again, the children, they can't even vote. I mean, come on, everybody saw the news report? This is where we get the structure and the, and the ability to grow something new. I mean, the left has the ability to grow something new—a new, a new f- fandom, a new fascination, a new—hold on, can I say the word? Radical race theory. Mm-hmm.
1: Look, now you know what I'm worrying about right now, because um, we're having problems calling out to our guests, oh, so I we've got, got the guests other that are two. supposed to be calling in. I got. And the- if. If 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 we're set up through Skype this way, I'm wondering if if anyone is going to be able to call in and hear, and talk to us. That is something I am now worrying about. Me too, and I'm starting to
2: think that you know. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something. We're going to do something real wild. How about this? If you really feel like we want to jump the gun on this, and we can we can push it forward. How about our two guests that are supposed to be calling in They're supposed to re-reach out to you? Should I reach out to them now? Just for a trial and um, error.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to try with my backup phone right now to see. All right, I'm just, I just, I just put myself back in the host queue and I do not hear myself. I don't. I don't hear anything. So if anyone's calling in, they're not going to hear anything. Uh, so whatever it is between Skype, yeah. they have to they have to call into my Skype number, that six zero five number.
2: Okay, so, uh, but I think I can grab the two gentlemen on video, if that's a problem. I can try. I can grab them. I know I can grab them.
1: Okay, so we may as well bring them in early.
2: Okay, so um, let me give. give
1: well, what, let you do that. And meanwhile, I'll, I'll jab her for a little while because <laughs> what I was going to talk about with Jennifer Kearns, <laughs> Queen Camilla Mella. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. Queen Camilla Mella. For those who don't know who I'm talking about, our Vice President of the United States, uh-huh. Queen Camilla Harris. And she went down to Guatemala. I love this. I love this. Not only does she get dissed by the president of Guatemala because of her ignorance, and her, 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 her. she tells them that the reason why everyone's leaving is because of climate change. But uh, don't come to the border because we don't want you to. Really? So, you know, after, after being in office, January, February, March, April, May, six months, six months in office, they finally realized they've got a problem at the border and they started to rebuild the wall. Doy So not only that, the people in Guatemala dislike her so much they showed up protesting her and they held up signs that said things as Camilla, go home. Camilla, mind your own business. Camilla, Trump won. And they're all in English. They're not in Guatemalan. They're not in Spanish. They're not in Pig Latin. They're perfectly done in English.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You know something? I got to say it. You can't make that up. You um, can't make nothing like that up. You
1: can't. No, you can't. (laughs) You can't. So, you know, she was also challenged uh, as to why she hasn't gone to the uh, the border by someone on CNN. And um, she kind of like laughs it off and just does not answer the questions. So she flies over the border. So technically she went to the border of Mexico. Uh, she But she flies over to go to Guatemala to lecture them on illegally emigrating to the United States. I I, just can't make this stuff up. I mean, I thought Jimmy Carter was the worst president we ever had. And then we had President (laughs) Biden. And we got, uh, I I just said, oh, Biden? Oh, my goodness. Obama. All right. Carter, I thought, was the worst. And, of course, my first presidential election, I did not vote for Carter, obviously. um. Here comes now Obama, and as Sean Hannity was yelling on the radio about how bad Hillary Clinton was, I kept on screaming at the radio while he was doing that, Obama's going to be worse. You're better off letting Hillary into the White House than Obama. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm screaming as I'm driving at the radio, and my husband's looking at me like, I'm married a nut. I really did marry a nut. This woman's crazy. <laughs> Stop the car. I'm jumping out. <laughs> but I proved to be right that Obama definitely was worse than Carter and definitely worse than Hillary was. At least we could have controlled her one way or another. But now we get Biden, the doddering old fool that can't even remember when he goes up and makes a speech that he's president of the United States. That his wife goes to speak and has to turn around and tell him to pay attention.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. i got to do it. I'm
6: trying to hold it. I'm
2: trying. <laughs> you, can't, oh, you can't make this stuff up.
6: This
1: doesn't. No, you can't. You, yeah, no, no. And, and now they tell the Border Patrol that they can't do their law enforcement duties, they have to be more babysitters and health and welfare workers than being the law enforcement that they were hired to be, that they were trained to be. They're not trained to be doctors and nurses and first <laughs> medical responders. They're not trained to be social workers or guardians to these orphaned kids just dumped at the, 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 the border. They're not trained to be you know housemaids to these people they now have corralled in these cages. And, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. the cages were in the Obama-Biden administration. They did not exist in the Trump administration, but they're back in the biden Camilla Harris-Obama administration. So we have to throw Obama in there. Remember, he's the one that said he would love to have the position where he can s- s- sit in his his family room, his den, his living room or whatever, in his sweatpants and lead from behind. So he's the one standing behind Queen Kamala Mela, Susan Rice, and Joe Biden administration. You have to throw Susan Rice in there. You, yeah, know, you yeah. can't miss her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, adjust, you can't make this stuff up. You can try as hard as you want, but you, you're not going to make this stuff up.
2: I'm calling Kevin now. Oh, he's ready. I'm just give three seconds. I'm just getting ready to add them to And I hope I'm not crying and laughing while waiting for him. <laughs> here we go. We're gonna try it for my- Kevin. I need my trumpy bear. I need my trump bear. <laughs> Hold on, I need some hot cocoa. Kevin, are you there? I am here. My man, my man, my man.
5: Can you see me?
2: Oh, I see you. Hold on. Now i got to figure out how to. Can you see her? Can you see him? I,
5: I don't see anything.
2: Hold oh, uh, no.
1: on. I don't either. All right. This get
2: will, a bridge. I'm, I'm going to try something. I'm going to really seriously try something. I'm going to drop, go come back in on video, and bring Kevin in on video with me.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So this, you, I don't have your video. i got just a picture of you up. Okay. I don't know why. We did this yesterday. It worked perfectly uh, okay. fine yeah. on the try, But yeah. I don't know why today we're not going to get it. I see you now. You you can... He sees You're supposed to bear with us because this is all new, <laughs> trying to do the video calls. And so the first few are definitely going to be F-ups. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <face> <laughs> Look, Kevin's
2: like, yep, yep, yep. All right, Kevin, I'm going to hit you back in this in 20 seconds. I'm going to get off of, turn off Skype, turn back on, not turn it off, but, you know, I'm going to...
5: Sign off with her. Now she's gonna add me, and then I'm gonna add you. And I just heard from Neil. He asked, He's asking, do you have his Skype? Yes. Is he ready? You do.
2: Okay. Well, then we are gonna have all three. All
5: right. All right.
2: Have we you. got something going right today.
1: <laughs> well, go. we'll see if I can I can see your lovely faces. Okay. Anyway, here we go. I'm gonna keep on. I'm gonna while you do that. I'm gonna keep on going on Queen Camilla, Mella, uh, because um... T-shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. Where is she? Uh, Okay, Southern, Southern, Southern. There's Anne. Now, I go here, I go here, and I call Anne.
1: All right, so I've got, who do I have here? Oh,
2: you got me. Hold up. I, 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 got I can see you. I can see you. All hey. right. You ready? Ready? Here come the guys. Oh, All right. oh my God!
1: I, I now have to go over to.
2: I got him. I got him. Get, let
1: me get you off of here.
2: Well, don't worry. And I'm, I'm,
1: I'm getting an echo. Echo. Uh oh. Yeah, Am I, was I still on the other one? What... All right. Let me get you over here. Do a screen capture. So I can capture your ugly face. <laughs> Oh, I got to do it right. Mm. All right. Let's, let's get you All here. Right. Come on. Move over. Here we go. I got you. And <laughs> a bit it. it's, it's slowing down the computer. That's the whole problem here. I don't know why. All right. Let's try to push you live. You see if that will do something. It's come on. It's not pushing. Don't worry. We now just- we've got a black screen. Uh-oh. Oh, holy moly. This is, it may be that my computer does not have enough power to it, so I have to talk to my computer guru, because right now it's not changing.
2: Okay, it's okay. It's, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do anything. We're we good. We're good. Now I'm bringing the guys in. So let's get ready for the party, because they got some knowledge, information, and some experience to give to us. And All right,
1: I, at least if we can get their voice, because I can still put a picture up.
2: Oh, no, we got them. We got we got live bodies, and and I'm and, and bringing one in at a time to make sure that we are safe and, and, and feeling secure. Because, you know, I feel unsafe because they discriminate against me.
1: Here comes number one.
2: Well,
3: let
1: me get a grid view in here.
3: All right,
2: we got. All right, we got, here. All right, now we got okay. one more.
1: Oh, what a cutie behind you! I
2: leave telling me that's the cutest thing right there. Right. And, and and now, Gina,
5: here it comes. And and Neil, you you, if you have his, N E I L is. Hold on.
1: All right, guys, this this is live radio. You really can't make. We've we've got your mouth.
0: Oh. <laughs> hold on. They okay,
1: can you, can you,
2: can you. <laughs> <laughs> said it was my most attractive feature.
1: All right, let's see if we can get... Um... <laughs> and you got to bear with us. We're, we're brand new with this crap, and we're just not doing too well with it. <laughs> so let me get this one off of here and take that out and try to get a new one up here. Let's remove this. Just bear with us, Kevin. I mean, this is this is the first time we're doing this, so okay. it's it's, it's, a, it's a little messed up. But.
2: Okay. All right. Now, hold on. Let's let me let, let
1: me really mess
2: this up. Here comes Neil. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. Don't worry about me. I'm just gonna disappear.
1: All right. Let's try another screen capture. Um,
2: oh, don't worry about capturing yeah, me. Do, I'm just set seeing as you
3: know what.
1: <laughs> I'm going to do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a monitored capture. Okay. So whatever comes up on Skype is going to be what everyone sees. So I'll just take this, if I can minimize this. And, of course, it goes out of the window. There we go. Just minimize that. And let's put this up. All right. And then push the, oh. All right, just bear with me. Just uh, we're we're messed up. <laughs> just hey,
2: right. so, work it so, out. So so brother, let me ask you a question. While we're here, and I know she's having fun playing with the this this toy that we're going to end up throwing in a trash can because it's not a Hot Wheels. Um, <laughs> um, question number one. Tell us about tell us who you are. I mean, I'm the wild card. Everybody knows it. I'm a wild card. I like to ask questions. I need to know everything that I could possibly learn. Tell us about who you are and
5: what you're trying yeah. to do. That's a great start. Are we uh, are we live? Oh, we're live. Yeah,
1: we are. We oh. are. Live. This is this is we, we we freely screw up on air live.
5: Awesome. Well, let me tell you who I am. I'm um, so I was born in San Francisco. I was born in abject poverty, Hunter's point projects. First seven years or so of my life, and um, and then moved to uh, lower middle class neighborhood. And but basically, I'm just a, a, a brother from the hood. That's really kind of by God's grace, um, been able to get out of that. And from there, I went to San Jose State, got a sociology degree, and uh, so abject poverty, leftist, progressive until, uh, I got married and started to look at some things and some things just didn't add up anymore. You know, um, a lot of the ways that I was civically engaged and voting it just didn't, uh, didn't really pan out well for, uh, for the black community and for my faith foundations. And I thought, well, uh, we need to do something different. So since that time I've been, um, Uh, I've been more on the conservative side, Uh, been standing up for righteousness and truth, and um, have written four books, um, have participated in uh, discipling pastors and clergy for the past decade or so, and um, have uh, two children, 29 and 25, a wife of 34 years. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's you look one too of those young, uh, man. things.
2: You look too young, so uh, you're representing. And I'm gonna say, yeah, you look young. Yeah, you know how we do it. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, you know, keep ourselves in shape and running. But you start this program, and it's called "Every Black Life Matters." Okay, we got Black Lives Matter out there, and I want to know. Why did you start a program which is almost, it's not the same at all as Black Lives Matter? But, I mean, because I know Black Lives Matter has not done diddly squat for anybody of color. Um, yeah. Uh, and and the owners uh, t- have taken the millions of dollars to, what's the word I want to say? Millions of dollars to um, flourish his own civic organizations and needs, personal needs. Tell us
5: about it. So, so, uh, So the reason why we started is because we saw the riots, the violence, the carnage, the black and brown businesses being burned to the ground. We saw a lot of black and brown people standing around that were associated with BLM clapping and yelling and chanting as those black and brown businesses in the urban community were burned to the ground via Antifa. And so we realized that there's a disconnect here. Um, we realized that people that are faithful, you know, people of faith, people of moral character, after they um, begin to look into the background of BLM, that they're going to want an alternative. They're going to want a, uh, an alternative that would align with their faith base and would align with their moral uh, compass. And so we did not want to start something that was so abstract from BLM, we actually purposely strategically started every black life matters. Because when you think about it, nobody can say black lives matter generally, until they absolutely agree that every single black life matters specifically. What it also does is it gives us the capacity, the the ability to change the narrative. So uh, we actually protect black life in every phase of black life from conception to the grave, from the womb to the tomb. And so uh, Black Lives Matter, they don't stand up for that. No, Um, no. they don't. They're strictly about police brutality, and that's just their whole shtick. That's what they're about. And uh, we realize that uh, black life is much, much, much more broad than police brutality. So, um, we needed to come out and be in the same lane, reframe all the arguments. So, we're womb to the tune, protecting black life. Uh, we're pro family, pro nuclear family, pro fatherhood, pro educational choice, school choice, pro free markets and capitalism, and, and uh, nonviolent. You're American. Pro- pro- <laughs> criminal justice reforms.
2: You sound like an American. Because yes. the other organization sounds very socialist and communist because, number one, it didn't want, uh, I'm sorry, socialist, communist, and Nazi because they didn't like Jews, they didn't like Asians, they didn't like uh, anything other than one thing. And it's like it was a marketing appeal to get the people of color in America to join with them. And I'm still trying to figure out how they were able to extort these corporations and organizations to give them money, to give them a, 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 a platform on buildings, to get a boulevard, a street. How did they do this? What was the extortion they used to get it? What uh,
5: we'll burn down
2: these buildings if you don't do it.
5: Well, I think I think they they really uh, captivated based on the emotions of George Floyd. I mean, everybody saw what happened for nine minutes and forty five seconds. And they really bounce, they really, you know, they really, they they maximize that moment for their purposes. To this date, they say that they've amassed over $10 billion with a B yeah, with a in B. commitments uh, over the next 10 or so years, eight to 10 years. So um, they are a formidable force. They had and still do to a large degree captivate corporate. Um, uh, corporations and certainly uh, the social and cultural elements in uh, throughout America, we see a lot of school districts that have adopted uh, BLM curriculum. What the world management. is that? <laughs> so, um, so they are a force, and that's why we're here. Is we wanted to be in the exact same lane, reframing the arguments and going a different direction, and so it was important that we that we maximize the momentum of the moment via BLM. And uh, Neil momin is the one who called me and he said, look, Kev, I think we should do something. Uh, and we're both IT guys. Uh, we're both here in the Bay Area. And uh, but I said, Neil, look, I'm busy. You're busy. How does this happen? And we, we thought about it. We prayed about it. Came back a couple of days later and said, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, so um, every, ever since that time, um, we have been in this, in this mode and doing our thing.
2: I've been trying to reach Neil. I'm going to keep going. You know, this is your show. She's a country girl. She's a good girl. And she got, I know she got a thousand questions for you. And I'm going to sit back because I'm going to try to reach Neil and, and get him on. Now, I'm just a ama- make one quick question. And, and, I, and I, yeah, everybody, y'all see my my Skype screen. Um, the question I have is this With your organization competing, trying to eradicate, eradicate, that's a good word, the ideology and the uh, indoctrination given to us by Black Lives Matter. Do you see, I mean, your organization is built on togetherness, not separation. It's a Christian base. I mean, it's where it's supposed to be. Do you see that the radicalism of Black Lives Matter has not only, destroyed the cultural foundation of people of color when it comes to the America, the United States, the ideology that we've been taught, or is there something that we're missing?
5: No, uh, BLM has uh, and and will continue to destroy the, uh, you know, America in any way that they can because that's just part of what they do. Um, And so we really need to be committed to standing against uh, BLM because, um, fundamentally, they don't stand with us. They don't stand with American values, American history. Um, they stand against us in that regard. And so it's important that, that we, uh, we have a universal front and stand against Marxism. Uh, BLM is, they are revolutionary Marxists. They've said it multiple times on video. They are uh, and do participate in witchcraft and incantations. Um, they are anti father. All of these things are, it's it's important that we as, as the American people uh, come together and stand together against these types of forces because they're completely antithetical if you're a person of faith, and they're anti-American if you just are a moral person of, of good moral character and believe in American history.
1: Well, Kevin, it's Annie. I'm back <laughs> after trying to figure out, and I do have you now finally up on the video. So when you guys switch speaking, so it goes from um, Daryl to you about, I finally figured that one out. So I'm not that dumb. I may have been born blind, a blonde, <laughs> but I'm not dumb. Anyway, um, what really drives me crazy is when I see people apologizing for the way they were born. I'm sorry, I'm white. I, 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 when I when I listen to that, it just makes my blood boil. And I turned around to someone and I said to them, does God make a mistake? Right. And I said, he chose me to be right. here in this family at this point in this time. He's got a purpose for me. It's up to me to learn what it is and do it. Right. So I apologize to no one. I right. am not responsible for what my forebearers did i mean right. i asked them if 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 your grandfather committed rape and murder do you pay that prison sentence right. so why are you asking me to pay for something i had absolutely nothing to do with and no control of and am i privileged for being white uh well try being a white female during the period of affirmative action being told i'm sorry you can't we can't hire you because we need black and hispanics well, I said I'm female. I'm sorry. We need black and Hispanic females. How many jobs I was turned away from? How many scholarships I was denied? I had to work three jobs to put myself through college. Tell me where the privilege came from.
5: Well, here's here's the thing that I like to make point clear to everybody: we're Amer- we're we're living in America. We're all privileged, quite honestly, compared to yes. the rest of the world. We're all privileged,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and there's no one here that has the audacity to say. Well, you're more privileged than I because the good news about America is, is we all have the capacity to make uh, our moves. A meritocracy is still alive and available. And if we want to be entrepreneurs like you all are, starting your own podcast and, and, and doing your own network, we can do that. We can do all kinds of things. There's wonderful opportunities for people who would just want, who would just extend themselves a little bit and take advantage of all of the various opportunities in front of us. The thing that gets me about these people that would like to overlay, well, you're white, and therefore you're canceled, therefore you're racist, supremacist, and privileged, and all this other foolishness, is what's interesting about their arguments, and uh, we've heard them all, is they completely neglect the actual white supremacists who did start and encourage and elongate slavery. There was okay. a particular faction. It wasn't all whites. No. Think think critically with me. Yeah. Remember, we had a civil war, which means there were at least a little bit more than half the whites, mostly in the North, fought those that were of a particular faction, a particular mindset in the South. You, under, you following? Oh, absolutely. So let's, let's follow that history a little bit. Let's see why these, you know... Kindy and D'Angelo and all these other talking heads that are proponents of CRT and all these teachers, uh, why they conveniently neglect history. Follow with me for a second. It was in the 1800s. We had, um, we had um, this particular faction uh, that wanted to encourage and use slavery for as long as possible. They put progressive judges in place. So when we had Dred Scott, we had uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, we had Jim Crow. Uh, their judges made, who are that particular faction, made you know unscrupulous uh, legal uh, uh, determinations that elongated slavery, that that forced blacks in, in in the position of being less than human for a longer period of time. That particular faction uh, voted against by gross majorities, thirteenth, uh, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Uh, amendment. That particular faction, when we did have Homestead Act, which if you do your research on that, basically it was the federal government had all these federal lands and they were to give them to people who were trying to rebuild their lives coming out of Reconstruction. The Homestead Act was uh, was there. They gave most of those lands to uh, newly immigrated Europeans and that's because the people that were overseeing that were of that particular faction. They hated blacks. And then they, uh, during Reconstruction, they started the KKK, and then they then segued into segregation, and then they segued into eugenics. That particular faction is still around today. Uh Those people should be held accountable. If there are reparations, we need to go to that faction and say, look, you're the guys who actually did this stuff. It wasn't all whites. By any stretch, it wasn't all whites. But my question to you guys your thinkers, you, you have your own studio, your podcast station, your, your network. My question to you is why is that faction never ever mentioned by these intellectuals of CRT? I'm raising you want to know why because they're not about uh justice, they're not about just trying to correct the wrongs. Because if they were, they lay it at the feet of that faction, which is mm-hmm. still around today, mm-hmm. and they say, Look, you guys. You're the ones that are the racist. You're the ones that did all of these atro- uh, atrocities towards blacks. You're the ones that are continuing to kill blacks to this very day via mm-hmm. your, your partnerships with eugenics and all of that. Oh, yeah. You're the ones who are doing this, but they never, ever do that. So that tells us what? That tells us that they're political. They are Marxist. They are insincere. They care nothing about justice. They care nothing about systemic racism because there's... That faction that I'm talking about and another one that, by definition, meet it completely and perfectly. So um, I, I didn't mean to get on my diatribe here. Hello,
1: this I'm is online disability group sure calling with an urgent message. Going on here? What happened there? I don't know what just happened. Whoa. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me?
2: Hello, Can you hear me? I'm here. I hear you fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I, I, I don't know what the heck that was. What was that? I don't know.
2: Did you guys reach out to Neil? Yeah, I'm calling him now.
5: Okay. <laughs> Again. Uh, okay. No, did I'll... you reach out to him based on my chat? I gave you a specific chat. Let me see. Hold on. I'll go to back to you.
1: Yeah, his was the one with Jesus. Yeah, I did that.
5: No, 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 no. Look in the chat. Okay. I gave you his.
2: Oh, chat here. Okay.
5: All
2: right. Anyway. Okay, got it.
5: That's where he's waiting. That's where he's available. All right, got him. That makes life easy. All right. anyway you know I, I always look at it it's, it's about power. i don't know what happened to my background though i don't know what's happening here it says
1: i don't know you kind of like disappeared on me you were there for a second now you're not so that is absolutely weird that's kind of
5: bizarre i don't know what's going on okay let's try yeah, to this. That's my background and everything already ready i don't know well, well let I'm, me just
1: try to i'm trying to get out remove off. this and redo it we just try to redo it. But uh, I always say it's it's about two things. It's about power. Neil control, is here. And the, and the Benjamins. Neil. And I'm getting an error message. What okay. am I getting? This is not coming up. I don't know what that. But you still with us, Kevin?
2: Yes. Kevin's here. Right. Neil is well, here.
6: Testing,
2: okay. one, two, three. We. Real. Can't
6: hear three. you. Okay. All right,
1: so I keep on getting. Kevin, the wrong thing. I got a question. Got, we, I've got you, Neil. I hear you. Okay. So you okay. gotta bear with us because this is all new to us. So <laughs> Kevin is like, Yeah, yeah,
3: I'm yeah, getting, I got more yeah. points got, to hit. I
2: got, I got, I got more know. points to let go of. Hold on now. We're gonna be here all night because <laughs> I got things to tell you. I can see that face. And Neil's like, Oh, yeah, it's time to party. I'm ready for yep. this one.
6: So you guys can you hear me?
2: Yes, we yeah, can. Yeah, Neil.
6: Okay, okay.
2: So a little one more question for Kevin. Since they do not acknowledge <laughs> how we do it, knowledge and, and show responsibility for their atrocities, it's almost like what's happening today in modern time with the Democrats going out saying what they did to Tim um oh god. Um uh, Tim, the, the senator Tim from Scott. Tim Scott. Timmy Tim yes. Scott. Timmy I, Scott. I
1: what a lovely man. He's such a lovely man. He's I He's a love great that guy.
5: guy. Good personal friend of mine, yes.
1: And, and, you know, so you can go and call
2: a person basically a monkey or baboon and say anything they want about a person. Used to be, well, under the last administration, if you said something like that, you would have been told to resign, asked to resign, or you've been fired. Yep. These guys today can get away with that.
5: Well, uh, even better than that, I mean, when you think about it, you have a person that's occupying the White House at the present that's been installed there who actually did uh, his crime bill in 1994 was beating his chest about putting uh, these urban people in urban jungles behind bars for extended periods of time. Uh, and then you had him st- standing on the Senate floor saying the N-word multiple times during that same period.
2: Oh no, but And then now his son
5: comes out, and this is his normal vernacular. His son uses the N-word constantly, obviously, uh-huh. uh, because all his emails indicated as such. And, and, and my question is, is, where is cancel culture? Oh, they I mean, can't
2: cancel him. Yeah. He's a Democrat. Yeah, he's president. Exactly. He's president of the United. States. He doesn't get what's the word we use today in modern term. He doesn't get the uh, <clears throat> um, the the statement I want to use. He doesn't get canceled, censored, because he is the president of the United States of America. Right. So who was the former one? Oh, sorry. <laughs> they still call the former one, Mister President or President Trump. Are you still do you all hear a former President Trump much? I don't hear former. I hear President Trump. So that tells mm-hmm. me a little something. And why are 38 states doing recalls? Okay. And and hold on. Is this distraction for from to give us this radical race theory and to bring this radical racism back into this country? Is this because you're hiding your son who is a crackhead?
1: Oh, did I say that out loud? Me. Me. Oops. Oops. you know it, it, it's, it's as i said Or we said it's the law for thee but not for me right i get to tell you how to behave because you are below me no matter what we are just dirt beneath their feet right. now i moved from the state of new york because i saw how liberal they were going and how the taxes were going and plus i did i got tired struggling snow and having walked a beat in Brooklyn for 10 years, I said, I'm out of here. I, I, I can't imagine being a cop in, in New York City right now. I, I, I My heart breaks for those men and women out there doing that job. But I moved here down to South Carolina, and boy, did I get doused in history. In history. About Senator Tillman going onto the floor of the House here and beating... A conservative, almost to death. about the start of the red shirts, which led to the KKK, the Garvey Law, the Garvey Law, a Democrat who became a senator also, that you should own. After slavery was outlawed and in the Constitution outlawed, you should own at least three black men and how the control of the black churches came under the democratic control. I asked a pastor one day, and I said, you're a good Christian man. You believe in marriage between one man and one woman. You believe in working hard. You believe in keeping your own money. You believe in raising your family and being responsible. And that makes you a good, solid Christian and following in Jesus. So why are you a Democrat, not a Republican? They can never answer that question.
2: Because it I mean, me I had money.
1: a good friend of mine, Leon Wynn, who tried to run against Clyburn here in South Carolina. He was a Baptist pastor. He went out to the NAACP and he said, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And if you answer the way I think you are, I'm going to welcome you to the Republican Party. And he asked those very same questions. And when they answered him, he goes, welcome to the Republican Party. And they were aghast. And yep. then he turns around and addresses the South Carolina Tea Party coalition one day. And Leon is a dear friend of mine. And after he speaks, a woman came up to him, blonde hair, something about blondes. (laughs) And I was born one. And she goes, I didn't know you were black. He and his he looked at me, his wife and I almost fell on the floor. What is wrong with you people? Why does the color of your skin determine your politics? Right. Why can't we just think for ourselves?
5: Right. Wow
2: crazy That's
1: an, i've been on rants today yeah uh,
2: uh, well let's get let's go to go to brother Neil down here with a smile on his <laughs> face that tell us about you we already got our other brother up there so we got another brother to go to no well, <laughs> we got brothers and sisters we all gather together we ought to sing kumbaya and ask for That's reparations good, and look and we, we are equal in the eyes of god okay I can, therefore i can't ask so, reparations
6: yeah so i was uh born in ghana and I grew up in Jamaica, in Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Yemen. My Love parents you. are actually, my parents are actually from India. They're Indian descent, but I spent most of my life in Africa, and and then uh, later on, when I was a teenager, in the Middle East. So, so that's my brief background. I, I came here to go to the to school uh, in the nineteen eight in the eighties. Uh, became a um, got a master's degree in master's degree in. Computer engineering and solid-state fields of physics and a few other things, and I'm in Silicon Valley working in the tech industry, just like uh, Kevin here. Wow!
2: So, could, could just tell me if, when you look at all that's going on currently, and you see this world that we're living in in the United States compared to that of your travels, because I've I've seen, like I said, a worldly man over here. Um, the question would be this. What do you see is really wrong, and how do you, how can you, and this organization that you, you two are running, can change the philosophy that's been instituted by this commercial awakening? See, I got, I got to use the correct word: <laughs> commercial awakening of Black Lives Matter.
6: So the the. That- The problem is, uh, you see, they really should have called it cultural lives matter, because the problem is not color, it's culture. Thank you. It's, you know, it's not ethnicity, it's culture, right? Because you could have somebody who is black from Nigeria, and he makes more than many white people here, because his culture is for studying, is for parenthood, is for fatherhood, is the nuclear family, you know, and, and... they have a focus on education yet uh you see that uh the same african-american who is the same color here who grew up in the inner city didn't have a dad doesn't understand the value of education or wasn't allowed to get an education who you know who uh is a part of the public school system you see that his the reason why he's in the plight he is is because the culture that was around him didn't allow him or didn't teach him the things that the nigerian father was teaching his son right so it's not a color problem it's a culture problem and so our battle is how do we change the culture Uh, but the culture is so much and a lot of people don't understand this the governments have so much control over culture if there is no family so when the family is broken apart the government becomes your culture they determine hey if we reward this aspect of your life you'll get more of that you know so they reward fatherlessness you know if a if a woman doesn't have a man in the family, she gets more money. Well, guess what? You're going to get more families without men in the family, right? Men in the house. Well, so, you know,
1: you've got a huge point there because if you read the founding fathers, their original communications between each other, they knew that we had to have a moral nation, a nation based on faith and yep. less government. It should be from the people to determine upwards and not from the upwards. We have reversed the pyramid. Absolutely. So now we have the government in charge. So now we get these stimulus checks, these handouts. You can't do it. You cannot even buy a light bulb unless the government told you what toilet you sit on. Unless the government. We have become government is God instead of worshiping at the true altar of God, our faith. Once they broke faith away from us, and that's a bad thing. I mean, God, guns. Oh my goodness! You've got to be a racist. You have to be. <laughs> you have to be. No, 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 no. You, you owe me now because of what my great grandparents or great 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 grandparents went through. But now you owe me. No, I'm sorry, honey
6: child. You have the no idea what my guns- life
1: is like. I owe you, diddly.
6: Now, and you brought up guns, and the funny thing about guns, if if anybody should be afraid of government taking their guns, it should be minorities and colored people, right? You know, it's like the old uh, poster. I have a poster. It says, it's uh, American Indians standing there, and underline says, oh, give us your guns. We'll take care of you. Don't worry, right? It's like, yeah, they took care of the American Indians, the Native Americans, right? It's like, the whole idea... The nation has to be based on a moral foundation. And if you don't have that moral foundation, and this is what's happening. Right? If you look at some of the old constitutions and old rules and regulations, they were like two pages long, right? Because right. everybody understood what to do. But once you destroy morality and morality instead of being objective becomes arbitrary, then you have to itemize every single thing that's wrong because it's not natural law. It's like made up law. So now if you look at some of the laws in in some of the states, they're like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages because it's not obvious what the law is. Well, can I do this? No, why? Because somebody decided that you shouldn't do it. Uh, Usually because some other person could make money off it and they didn't want you to freely access that, right? You know, that's what's happening. And so as our moral basis gets, shrinks, our laws have to increase. And the problem when our laws increase, You get arbitrary laws that make absolutely no sense. I mean, you get laws that uh, uh, someone not to be named made where having a bag of marijuana was a huge crime. Yet if you had uh, the drug that was more common to white people, it wasn't a crime, right? You could go to jail. I mean, you go to prison for 30 years for a a crime that um, was particular to your ethnicity, to your uh, your culture. Uh, And... you you end up with all these various arbitrary capricious laws that have nothing to do with reality. And that's what we're seeing nowadays as we abandon morality.
1: That's the whole problem, morality. But what is morality? I mean, it's, it's like the argument, do you know the difference between ethics and morals? Well, the difference being an ethical man knows it's wrong to cheat on your wife, a moral man will not. I that. like that I like that So yeah. you know what we, we turn around every time I hear someone say the word ethics I' like I'm running the other direction uh-huh.
6: <laughs> Well so here's the thing with morality too um, you can't uh, you have to have an authority for a moral value because you cannot be morally object- uh, obligated to a thing So because I have this argument with atheists all the time I say you know if you're an atheist you really have no foundation for objective moral value. And if you don't have a foundation for objective moral values, you can't say Hitler was wrong. Because if there is no objective moral values, why was Hitler wrong? If there is an objective moral value, why do you get to decide what it is and not Hitler? Right? So the only way you can come to an objective moral value is if there's an authority over all peoples. For instance, I can't tell Hitler that he has to treat the Jew equally because I don't have authority over Hitler. I can't tell a slave owner that he has to free a slave because I don't have authority over the of the slave. And if I say, well, that's my moral, object, uh, my moral value, you'll say, well, that's yours, it's not mine. So the only way you can have an objective moral value, if you have an authority over the slave owner, the slave, Hitler, the Jews, and all mankind, well, there's only one person who can have authority over all mankind, and that is the creator of all mankind. And that's self-evident. I didn't need the Bible to tell you that, that's just self-evident. And that's why the Declaration of Independence says it is self-evident that all men are created equal, right? These are the moral values we have self-evidently. And these are the things that we have to have. You have to have a creator, otherwise you don't have a moral value. That's right. I'll object moral
1: value. And what I, I love because you know I'm someone that grew up through the bicentennial, so I was steeped in it, uh, in history, in learning, and I was, I really drank it up. Um, when especially when I came down here down in the south, where we were part of the heart of the civil, uh, the Revolutionary War and Civil War, we here, and when they go well the declaration of independence only talks about men well obviously you didn't learn grammar in school but <laughs> oh my goodness now you have all these 57 different pronouns for whatever 57 flavors of the licorice you are but no 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 they failed to understand the grammar that they used was specific meaning all of humanity i and and when they talk about this, I keep on arguing with them, the basis for the Civil War was in those founding documents. But if you even go further back, you can take the um, English common law that was codified under King Harold. I, I never even knew there was a King Harold until I started delving into it. And there's a college upstate New York named after King Harold. <laughs> Harold, of all names. His mom must have not liked him or something. Sure. I don't know what. But even if you read the codified English common law, it talked about man's liberty, man's self-determination, man's self-defense and right to property. This was under English common law before we even thought about the new world. Yeah. So this has been part of man's life in history from the gospel in the New Testament forward about our freedoms, our liberties, our rights, our responsibilities, and about who the ultimate power is, and that's God. Got and it. once we deny God, we deny our humanity.
6: That's right. Yeah. I'm yeah. really
1: on a bunch of rants today, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> you just, I listen,
2: I think you got two guests that just got you just going down everybody's rabbit hole, and, and guess what you're pulling out? Carrots! Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, see, the thing is oh, that man. people need to understand... That no matter what, we're all human. Yeah. But guess what?
1: Well, I got to tell you what, because I am completely unscripted. What I have here is a clipboard with just a bunch of scribbled notes on it. And they're mostly one or two words or just one or two lines. And that's what I work off of, guys. Everything's off the top of my head. Oh, man. Daryl, did you get the text I sent you for our next guest?
2: Uh, let's see. Text. Okay. Yeah, all right. uh,
1: Anyway, it is so much fun to have you guys here. And How did the two of you come together?
5: Uh, I used to. Uh, uh, I still do. Uh, but I think Neil probably came to one of the fundraisers at my house for some of these politicians. Uh, the reason why I know Tim Scott, Alan West, Dr. Ben Carson, Rand Paul, Rand and Kelly Paul, is because I gave them uh, I have a house here in the Bay Area and they like to come through and Pro big, uh, fundraisers here. I think I met Neil here one of those times. And then also he's over the values advocacy council. So, um, which is a 501 C three that teaches, you know, values and faith-based values mostly. And, uh, I used to go to those. So, uh, I still go to those, but so, uh, years ago, we've probably been friends for about 10 years now, Neil, I guess. Um, easily. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we've been just together, and, and uh, we're both IT guys, so we kind of talk the same language that way, <laughs> and uh, and so we kind of, you know, just it's just evolved over time, and then he called me last year when all this stuff happened and says, look, Kev, you got to do it, and I said, no, we got to do it, let's do it together. <laughs>
1: I think it's fantastic because someone has to speak. As someone has to speak to the power of the truth. Yeah. And the only way we can retain this nation is by speaking the truth, not as people imagine it to be, but what the actual facts are. Because you cha- can't change the facts. That's right. You can try to alter how people per- perceive history, but you cannot change the history. And once you look at the truth to the history, you realize. For the longest time, our nation was predicated upon the idea of pure freedom. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. And we can't yep. get that yep. today.
1: Yep. Well, that's unfortunate because when I see someone turn around apologizing because they're white and say, I don't understand. Uh, Wait a minute. Everyone is unique and individual. I can never stand in your shoes, so I will never, you know, even try to imagine standing, nor would you be able to stand in mine. Right. But if I give you dignity and respect, what more can you ask for? Exactly. And that's not what we're receiving through the Black Lives Matter, the critical race theory. There is no dignity. There is no equal respect. You know, what, what is it? That thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. These are the two greatest commandments upon which all the prophets hang. That's right. That's right
5: yeah what we're what we're witnessing with BLM, CRT and all the other uh, types of things is what Neil talked about earlier this is a cultural takeover. Um, they're trying to take over culture. Uh, they're trying to dominate the conversations in society and uh, really, really cancel completely cancel whiteness and uh, good principled people, moral people, faith-based people, faithful people need to stand up and say no. That's, this is this is not happening. Um, we have too much to celebrate being unified together and growing together and being stronger together than to go back to pre-1960s where we used to uh, have the ability to purposely uh, uh, castigate people and and harm them and discriminate against them and be bigoted towards them. We're not going to do that. So we've learned a lot. Uh, we need to continue to focus on content of character. I think Dr. Martin Luther King's admonition and encouragement should be what we pursue, not this other stuff.
1: Well, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to mention Daryl. It looks like uh, Mark Tapscott's trying to call in, but because they, the studio has no sound through that, unless he's in Skype, so we're going to have to Skype him. him in. I got him. Um, but, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. I'm going to have to have you guys both come back on and spend a lot longer than just you know, a short half hour. And yeah. that you got to tell me, is that your granddaughter behind you? No, no,
5: it's just
3: uh <laughs>
1: she is such a cutie just want to gobble her up she's just so adorable (laughs) absolutely god bless and thank you both of you gentlemen for the hard work you do god bless you and you know just keep on shouting from the highest tower
5: there you go thanks for
1: having me god God bless bless.
3: god bless all
1: right now um okay now we're gonna try to get uh
2: Hello. Hey, Mark. Give me one second. I got to reconnect with her. So let me just check calling to make sure the line was clear, so I can call you in.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Is able to hear me uh, on Blog Talk Radio as well as uh, YouTube and Facebook. But oh man, what an exciting show! And I'm so glad Daryl is here with me working on this one. Yeah, because so you Darryl, got me going uh, crazy. <laughs>
2: I love it though. Oh, man. And here comes really? the marks. Hello, Mark. Yeah, Mark.
1: Mark, I gotta Come apologize. Uh, we're trying out a new system here, and it's not working out exactly as we thought it would. But welcome back to the show. It has been quite a while. Uh, welcome aboard. Well, it's good to be back. How are you guys today? <laughs> Uh, i'm nuts as ever as nutty as nutty as <laughs> ever uh folks we have mark tapscott uh here on the phone last time i had you on you were uh, had organized um hill faith uh an organization to help bring faith to congress <laughs> oh boy can they need you right now but now you're with the epic times congratulations wow that is amazing and i i read your stuff and I have to really, really uh, get a kick out of it because when I read the Epic Times, I get you, I get my friend uh, Gordon Chang. I've known Gordon now about going on uh, 10, 12 years. Um, Trevor Loudon. So I, it's like old home week for me.
4: Well, that's that's good. I, I've i actually been uh, covering Congress for Epoch for almost three years now. So it's it's a good, it's, it's, maybe the only news media site left that really is serious about doing um, traditional, here's the facts, ma'am, journalism. That's what we do.
1: Yeah. Now, it's based, actually, believe it or not, out of Hong Kong, where it originated. It came to the United States. And uh, they're the only ones that you actually see anyone write about the Fulongong. And we talk about them here on the show a lot. Um, but what the, what is the... Um, genocide that is going on in China, and yet they speak to us about our lack of, you know, uh, civil human rights? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like hot calling the yeah. kettle Black. Yeah, and it's not just
4: Fallen Gong folks that uh, are persecuted. Christians uh, throughout China um, are being increasingly persecuted, people thrown in jail, churches being bulldozed down. And of course, up in the northern part of China, you have the, uh, the Uyghurs. Right. And, you know, it almost seems like the Chinese Communist Party, if they're not persecuting somebody, they, you know, they don't know what to do. Uh,
1: Well, you know, um, I've I've had many guests on that have been to China, you know, uh, as a missionary. And I have dear friends of mine that were there at the time of the Wuhan lab, shall we say, accident occurred so i knew about the wuhan virus being released back in probably the end of august september and they actually the chinese police actually went up to the the apartment they were staying in knocked on the door and said you're foreigners so if you get sick you're on your own really well, <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised i'm not surprised not, not surprised so you know we i've heard about a lot of the stuff that was going on in China through friends of mine that have been missionaries over there. And people just say, oh no, you just don't understand their culture. Uh, yeah, we don't. We really don't. We don't understand the tyranny that these people live under. Uh, that You know, and you talk about the Christian faith being terrorized. Um, unless the church is authorized by the Communist Party, it's not allowed to exist. And right. I was, I was raised Roman Catholic. You can't get any more Roman Catholic than Italian Roman Catholic. And that's how I was raised. I knew the mass in Latin. Um, but when I saw certain things going on in the church, and especially with this new pope, I'm saying, no, 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 no. I have to stop a w- step away. Because what this new pope did was he sat down with the Communist Party and said, well, you're going to let the Catholic Church in, and we'll let you choose the bishops uh yeah yeah do you see a problem with that?
4: I see a lot of problems with that <laughs> the uh yeah it's it's interesting that you that you mentioned that you were raised uh a Roman Catholic. I was raised a southern Baptist um and yet the bottom line is Jesus is not a Catholic. Jesus is not a Baptist. Jesus is the Lord and Savior and the Creator of the universe and Um, You know, it was only when I recognized my own sins in my life and the fact that I had not asked him to be my Savior, um, that that's when he came into my heart and began changing my life. That was on the morning of March 1st, 1991 at 9.15 a.m. in the morning. I remember it as if it happened this morning, Uh, the best thing that's ever happened in my life.
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is I never lost faith. I just lost faith in the Catholic Church. I've always yeah. been very strong and very rooted in it. You know, sometimes, you know, things happen in your life and you start to drift a little bit away, but something always drew me straight back. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's amazing how many times in the day that you can find God touches you. Sometimes in the most simplest of things. And uh, Daryl, my guest co-host today. Uh, you mentioned something about carrots a little bit earlier. And I had to kind of like chuckle to myself because I got a little garden outside my house and I planted baby carrots. And I went to see if they were, you know, ripe and ready to eat. So I pulled this little baby carrot out. The sucker was about eight inches long. <laughs> I was like, that's no baby. But you know, even something as wondrous as that, just to see the hand of God in it. And that's all people have to do, just look around them. And he's all well, around you.
4: amen. amen. the The most fundamental question in philosophy is, why is there something rather than nothing? Because something cannot be created from nothing unless you're God. So even in philosophy, the very first question that has to be answered, you've got to come face to face with with God. And, of course, Jesus is God.
1: I know the funny thing is I had an atheist once call into the show and try to explain how it was a chemical reaction that created the universe. And I said, okay, where'd the chemicals come from? Who put them there? <laughs> exactly. Well, you yeah. got to understand, it was just these random vibrate. Yeah, but who put that there to, to allow that to collide? Someone had to, Right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't create itself. The only, only explanation is is that there is a power we fail to fully understand, and it can only be God.
4: Yes, yes, that's exactly right. There is um, um, an argument known as the cosmological proof: um, all things with a beginning have a cause. The universe had a beginning therefore the universe had a cause that's god it's pretty simple really
1: well if there's a beginning there will be an end and whatever replaces it should be a true wonderment now i'm getting off track because you know i've got all my notes all mixed up because of the new system we're trying out today that's we're definitely going to be changing uh, next week. But uh, <laughs> you are the congressional correspondent for the Epic Times. And so you know, you're in on all the, the latest scoop that's going on. And I was going through some of the articles. As a matter of fact, my new paper came in the mail today and I haven't had a chance to uh, uh, look at it. But um, you write about um, the aides that you see, the congressional and senatorial aides, there is a brain drain. What's going on there? You know, uh, these guys are getting these aides are getting ninety thousand dollars to be an aide to a senator or a congressman, but they can't keep them. And that's a huge salary, too. I'd love. I wish I had that.
4: Yeah, um, you know, and and that's uh, that's uh, that's not an uncommon reaction uh, from folks who are um, outside of Washington D.C., which is only San Francisco and New York City are more expensive places to live uh-huh. um, nobody forces anybody to come up here and be a congressional aide, but the bottom line with it is and i've I've been here since nineteen seventy six and i've I've watched this process over the years um they tend to be younger um the average age is about twenty seven or twenty eight um they come from all over the country, mainly from, um, um, the, the better state schools and of course the Ivy league schools. So they're very, they tend to be very intelligent, very well educated. They work extremely long hours. Um, they get very little recognition for it and they typically are paid. Um, as I mentioned in that particular story that you uh, just noted, um, compared to career civil servants, career bureaucrats, um, on average, about 20% less. And trust me, they work a lot more hours, uh, without, without, uh, basically recognition. And because they're young, <clears throat> tend to be young, um, and lower pay, what, what you see happening frequently is, um, an individual will work, um, uh, for, say three four or five years on the hill uh and in the process they you know they gain understanding about how the legislative process works how to talk to senators and congressmen to be persuasive to them um and and they make lots and lots of contacts well all of that accumulated knowledge then they can cash in if you will by taking a job with a um a law firm in dc or a lobbying firm and it's oftentimes difficult to see the difference between the two um <clears throat> and be paid considerably more so as the government has grown and grown and grown the demand for lobbyists has grown and grown and grown and all these congressional aides who in the course of the time that they spend on the hill they accumulate a great deal of knowledge that is important um -hmm. they then they then leave the hill um and become lobbyists and that's the brain drain and it makes it it makes it basically uh all but impossible for congress to have the kind of uh, staffing and uh, institutional memory if you will uh to do the kind of real tough systematic oversight of the bureaucracy um, that is desperately needed. Um, There's there's a reason the founders, when they wrote the Constitution, um, the first branch that they created is Congress, the representative branch, the most representative branch. And it is, um, in any constitutional confrontation with uh, a president or the Supreme Court, the Congress, under the Constitution, if it chooses to, has all the ultimate weapons against the other two. It's the first branch for a reason, and the founders intended for it to be um, having a very aggressive oversight role of um, uh, over the regulatory part of the executive branch. And that's becoming – basically, they, they, they can't do it now. And that's, that's a huge problem for everybody.
1: No, it is. But the, the thing is, is that when you have um, a, a senator or a congressman leave office, there's a moratorium before they can become a lobbyist. But this doesn't happen with these aides. They can go with the full knowledge of what was going on behind doors and enter K Street and know how to manipulate these senators and congressmen to get whatever it is they're lobbying for done. And that that's a dangerous combination, isn't it? Well, you know that
4: two-year moratorium on a uh, senator or a representative um, what what it says is they can't physically be back on the floor of the Senate or the House to lobby. That doesn't mean working for, you know, um the hardly able, didn't we really stick them, law firm downtown, um, you know, they can. the senator and congressman can tell the folks in the lobbying firm, you need to talk to this guy, and then you need to talk to that guy, and then you need to talk to this one. And it, it effectively makes that two-year moratorium really um, pretty meaningless. It's symbolic more than anything else.
1: Well, now, are you finding the aides are leaving this congressional under this administration faster than they did under previous administrations?
4: I I don't think so. Um, There's there's really not any real solid data on that that you can compare, say, uh, what's happening now post-January 6th uh, with, say, what happened in Congress 10 years ago. Um, but, but my own observation, and a lot of the folks that, that I've interviewed and talked with about this problem, um, they agree that um, in the last 10 years especially, the uh, size of the committee staffs in Congress have been reduced. The size of the personal staffs have not been reduced, but the pay that is available to recruit people for those staffs uh, has not kept pace with inflation. So what you have is um, a, a, a guy or a, or a woman working for a senator or a congressman on a committee, and that person is making you know fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, and they have tremendous power over the the lobbyist who comes over and who is making probably three times as much and the executive branch bureaucrat who is probably making twice as much. Um and yet they're paid so much less. Hmm. And you know, as as long as you have that kind of a differential, you're going to have a brain drain. Right.
1: Right. Now I'm going to just change a little bit here um because they're talking about breaking up big uh, social media networks like um Facebook, Google, Amazon. And treating them more as if they were a utility. So, for mm-hmm. example, when they broke up Ma Bell, it was so that, you know, you, you can't discriminate against who uses your utility. And they're talking about treating Facebook and all the other social networks the same way. Saying you're, you're offering the service as if it's a regular telephone. So if you go out and get an iPhone, it doesn't care what your political background or your religious ethnicity or whatever it is. You know, you're buying an object and you're treating <laughs> it like an object. But now uh, there may, may be even a bigger push because in the Epic Times, there was the story about a pro-Israel Jerusalem prayer team page that was yeah. flooded with over 800,000 hateful comments. Now, the, what I found interesting in the article is that the site's global following, mainly of Christian and Jews, also included 18 million Muslims. And it was yeah. all peaceful and prayerful until it had this huge explosion of anti-Semitic attacks. So rather than going after the people attacking the site, they take the site down. Does that make any sense?
4: No, it makes no sense at all. And in fact, um, that all happened in May, um, uh, towards the end of the month. And <clears throat> th- th- it got virtually no coverage, it got no coverage of the New York times or the Washington post. Um, and I only learned about it when uh, one of the uh, folks who is associated with um, the Jerusalem Prayer Team, um, you know, they were really, why is nobody paying attention to this? So they were trying to reach out to media, and they just happened to, to reach out to me. And, and as soon as I heard about it, I said, <clears throat> "Excuse me, this this is an important story, and it needs to be told." Because what happened is. Um, The Jerusalem prayer team was the 22nd largest page on Facebook. Wow. They had like 77 million followers. Whoa. Think about that. 77 million followers. And then the Hamas war, the Hamas missile attacks uh, against Israel began. And all of a sudden, the Jerusalem prayer team Facebook page is... Flooded, I mean literally flooded, with hateful, anti-Semitic, we're going to kill all you Jews, quote-unquote, kinds of messages. And um, obviously, you know, the people who administer the the page, they couldn't stop it, uh, and they were coming in at such an incredible pace that they reached out to Facebook and said, help us with this, and got no response for three days. And then after three days of begging for help, Facebook responded by shutting them down. It makes no sense at all. And what it amounts to is, in my view, uh, a blatant illustration of uh,
1: censorship. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's funny because I started the show off with my guest co-host Daryl today uh, discussing Facebook sent me a message yesterday. Um, My county council had gone to virtual meetings because of the COVID-19, and so they posted their agenda, which I read, and they did the meeting via Facebook and Zoom, and I attended, and I sent them a message on Facebook that I disagreed with an item on the agenda. I was respectful. It was doing their calculation on expanding um, different developments in the area in projection of possible population increase in our area. And the way they did it, I just I just thought it was very was not done well at all. It needed to be rethought. And that's what I basically told them. Facebook sends me a message yesterday after it was sitting there for nine months that violated community standards. I'm like, excuse me. This is a public meeting of elected officials that the public attends for comments. And my yep. comment saying the very simple fact that I objected to an item on the agenda violated – what standard? There is yep. no standard, Mark.
4: <laughs> well, it sounds like the Facebook standard is you never criticize the government. <laughs> you know, and oh, no. that's not America. That's not the America that you and I grew up in. No. Um, it's, America with the First Amendment that says we all have the right to speak our minds, however foolish it may sound to somebody else.
1: Oh, man. man. Now, I mentioned the COVID virus, so that will segue into the next question I'm going to throw at you, is the investigation into the cause of and reason why this, this virus wasn't uh, detected at an earlier uh, time there is an article again in the wonderful Epic Times I'm telling people you got to go out and and order it uh, it's not it, it's, it'll take you a whole week to read if you read it uh, from end to end which it does for me uh, but it's worthwhile um, about the investigation from Congress into finding out the source of the virus now I found it really interesting because as I mentioned earlier in the show I had friends that were missionaries And I knew about a virus breaking out from that lab because they were in that province uh, at the end of August, September, before we even notified and told that, oops, something happened in January. What's the foot dragging? Is it because the Chinese government has so many spies and influence within our government that they don't want to embarrass them?
4: You know, that's that's a great question. And... Um, I did a story, I guess, um, June 3rd, almost my birthday. uh, Yeah. Happy birthday. (laughs) Um, I talked with the former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, um, who told me that, um, you know, when he was secretary of state, uh, during 2020, uh, pretty early on in the pandemic, um, he set up directed a group within the state department to um to work with the national security council and the white house and the intelligence agencies uh, and other parts of the government to determine you know what what happened where did this come from and you know he said you know they immediately ran into um opposition within the government especially in the intelligence agencies uh, and some people within the State Department um, who, you know, were doing pretty much everything they could to frustrate that investigation. And um, I, I think it's, it's very clear that something happened that didn't involve uh, eating bat meat, no. <laughs> which is, the, which is the, the official Chinese version of how it, how it happened. Something happened. And and one of the things that is that is puzzling about it is um, at least from, from my understanding and people that I've talked to who know about these things, leaks from these labs are not unusual. And mm-hmm. maybe that maybe that ought to make us all wonder a little bit.
1: Well um, now there, wasn't there a recent item, I know I caught it up on Newsmax, because Fox News no longer is on my TV at all, period. But uh, Newsmax was carrying that there was a, a DIA had a Chinese turncoat uh, that was telling, give them inside information on the actual purpose of this. It wasn't accidental, that it may have been intentional?
4: Well, that's, yeah, that story has been around for a week or so now. Mm-hmm. Um and we we don't know yet whether or not the defector is um, is telling us the truth or or maybe he's a double agent. You never know about this stuff. Um, but it's it's interesting that the folks in the Defense Intelligence Agency um, kept this this defector from folks in the Central Intelligence Agency and some of the other intelligence agencies because DIA did not trust them. You know, and and you have to allow for turf competition within, um, you know, the intelligence community. Um, But that's still, that is pretty remarkable. And if what this defector apparently has said is true, that it was part of a program purposely intending to develop biological weapons um, that could be used. That is a profoundly serious problem for the United States, and it's not one that we can afford to look the other
1: way. Well, you know, there's an article that I mentioned last year in April. There was a Nobel laureate doctor from France, and I just picked up the article real quick doing a quick Google, Uh, Luc Montanea, that claimed Mm -hmm. that he actually broke down the virus and said it was modified by humans, and they sliced into it part of the AIDS virus. Now we're hearing other scientists coming forward saying this has been modified by humans. What is the what they're finding in there? The RNA and other factors in there could not occur naturally in such in 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 our environment.
4: In a in a normal environment, yeah, right. And that's that's exactly the. When you hear the phrase gain-of-function research, that's exactly oh, yeah. what it does. It intervenes in the, the DNA of the cell to alter it to have certain characteristics. And that's, that's pretty dangerous
1: stuff. Now, that raises even a larger question because if it's made to alter our DNA and they're giving us these vaccines, what happens to the next generation of people, our uh, our kids? What's gonna happen to the kids? You know, how will it alter our DNA? And I'm I'm hearing these things about mandatory vaccines. You can't come into a restaurant if you're not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're sitting by the toilet or by the kitchen and everyone's that vaccinated gets the best seats. Or if you go to an NBA game, there's a section for the vaccinated and the section for the non vaccinated. And it's gotten so nutso. But these are experimental vaccines. So the FDA says, Well, if it's experimental, we cannot mandate but if it alters our DNA without us knowing how our DNA is altered, why do you even have them out there? It, it raises so many questions, Mark.
4: Amen. Yeah, I have a friend, uh, Tom McKee, who's the uh, proprietor of the Daily Gouge blog, which I commend all your listeners. Um, telling me about a conversation he had recently with another with a friend of his, and that friend told him that he had decided to get the vaccine um based on the research. And Tom said I told him, You are the research. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely true. 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 We're That's all true. So Yeah.
1: That's absolutely true. Well, I mean I I, really I, I I had to I got two handicapped people actually three handicapped people. Myself, my eighty nine year old mother, God bless her, she'll be eighty nine July fourth, and my husband. So I've got dueling walkers. But I constantly get asked every time I either take them to a doctor visit or to the hospital or I have to go, you know, are you vaccinated? Now, I had to go for uh, a pain injection on my back because I'm really it's crippling pain at times. And they keep on going. Well, I can't wear a mask. The mask makes me physically ill. And it's not psychological. It is just I went to the doctor. He ran a bunch of tests. Just I'm one of those freaks. So I wear a shield instead. Well, if you can't wear the mask, have you been vaccinated? No. Are you going to? I says, I can't because I have underlying health conditions. And one of the things these vaccinations do, they're finding it inflames the heart. Uh, excuse me. Yep. I've been in the ICU, cardiac ICU, too many times. Nah, you ain't messing with the heart. I've got the watchman implanted in there to prevent me from having another stroke. Uh, uh-uh. You ain't messing with the heart. So, you know, and I keep on getting these doctors, it's like insisting, no, no, why? But they've yeah. got this mindset. And you're going to love this, Mark. Um, I took my husband uh, out to the store the other day. And as we're driving down, I see this guy, his windows are all rolled up. There's no one else in his car. And he's got a double mask on.
4: Yeah, I, <laughs> I see people like that too. You know, you just shake your head.
1: <laughs> well, Daryl's going to be calling in our next guest Because I just sent him a, a message here on Skype To call our next guest And So Heritage Foundation follows you So you should feel honored And uh, Victoria, I'm going to get a, a hold of her Because you want to be a frequent guest And I'm sorry I haven't had you on much sooner My bad And Can you believe, Mark, that we have been doing this uh, This is my 11th year doing this Wow Wow Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. this July will mark 11 years next month. So yeah, I am going to hook up with Victoria and see that you get a permanent spot. How's that sound?
4: <laughs> well, I just hope I don't disappoint you.
1: You never do, and I don't think you ever will. Because if we find out what's going on on the hill there, it's going to be from you. God mm-hmm. bless you, Mark.
4: All right. Thanks for having me on today. Wow.
1: It is our pleasure, and like I said, I'll get a hold with Victoria, and we will arrange it. And next time you come on, we'll have it running a lot smoother than today.
2: <laughs> hey, it was sounding pretty. I sweet. have no doubt. About that.
1: And I got I got someone helping me produce now. I got my guest co-host Daryl producing.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, well, God I'm, bless. I will talk to you the next time.
1: All right, Mark Tat. Top Scott, check them out over at the Epic Times. I'm telling you guys, you got to get the paper. It is awesome. It is awesome. So, Jarrell, I'll let you do your magic work. Okay, here comes the magic. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, I'm, ready. I'm not All ready right. for
2: no magic now. You know, I haven't done <laughs> a magic trick in about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How many years <laughs> was
2: that? Uh, I, re- I remember that day. Okay. Um, oh, so here man. comes the magic. Oh, show.
1: man. And I have a bunch of articles. Uh, geez. Oh, did uh, did you guys hear, uh, while you're dialing out, Daryl, about uh, the way in which Queen Camilla Mella and Joe Biden treated D-Day and Memorial Day weekend? Hold on. I know how such they treated dish-
2: Memorial Day. Such- it was.
1: Oh, it was just a a long weekend. Yeah. yeah. Instead of giving honor to the brave men and women that laid down their lives. Oh. Hello. Is this Dr. Lee? This is he. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Lee. We've been having a new setup on the show today, so I have to apologize. I'll talk to Tom about it, but uh, we've gone to a new method of doing stuff, and so we end up having to call you rather than you call us. So you're live. Uh, We're using Skype, so I don't know if you're on your phone or video, but if you wanted to, you can activate your camera or not. But we're going ahead. This is a new experiment, so don't consider us brain dead.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I like experimentation. That's fine.
1: Well, I'm conservative,
0: but I believe in, you know, careful, prudential experimentation.
1: Well, so far, we've had a few glitches, but not too bad. We managed to work through them. Um, But anyway... um, Thank you for joining us. I and I got to thank Tom. Tom sends us great guests every single week. So it, God bless you guys for the hard work you do over there at Heritage Foundation. If there's anything you should donate your money to, it would be to the Heritage. And we just had epic times on just before you. So you're following good footsteps. Oh, and yeah. you're you're also an expert on oh my greatest e uh, it itch. Put a put a B in front of it. Uh, complaining about. China me yet I just can't say the word now, how naive we are about the power that China is exerting and what they're attempting to do worldwide, how blind people are, and yet they still insist that, hey, no no, 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 don't don't bash China. they're, they're innocent, really? Oh, come on. And you wrote a great article called China's Grand Theft.:
2: And he Thank was you. on C-Span. I remember him on C-SPAN. I just, I was sitting there, like I know that name. I know that name. I know that name.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh man, go ahead, Doctor Le- Doctor Lee. Go ahead. Well,
0: i just saying that you have you raise an interesting question: is why is China doing all of this? I mean, we, you know, we can document the theft. We can look at the Confucius Institutes. We can look at uh, some of the military measures that they're taking against uh, Taiwan, what they're doing in Hong Kong. It's, so why are they doing this? Now, some people say, oh, well, you know, they, they've, got a, they've got a big GDP now, and they've got a, over a billion people, and they're just being nationalistic. But I think it really comes down to, to to me, the one simple thing, and that is that they're communists. Yeah. And they're following the Marx plan of a world revolution. And they like nothing better than to knock us off and knock us out and tell them the whole world communists.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they've never really truly been friends with the Soviet Union. So if they knock out the United States, the rest of the free world will fall behind. And then the next thing they do is take over Russia. Because they've always been in competition with them. And it's, it's very simple world dominance. And it's funny because I just mentioned that we're going to be in our 11th year doing this um, next month. But 10 years ago, I was talking about the road and bridge projects that they've been going into Africa. Africa, South America, the Caribbean, they've been going into various Asian other nations and in the Middle East. And once they get their foot in, they control that piece of property. And if we ever were to look out on the U.S. map, how much property they own here in the United States, for heaven's sakes, we've got a a, a harbor up in New England that's our Navy can't even dock in because it's Chinese communist controlled people don't understand how insidious they have woven themselves into the fabric of every nation in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now those nations are saying, as the bill comes due, they're saying, wait a minute now, what, what do we agree to do? Because they're now being pushed around by the Chinese. They're asked to be open up uh, their secrets to them. Uh, they're conducting themselves in a way in which, you know, th- this would make Marx and Lenin look like, uh, you know, Patsy. Literally.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if you look at it, you, can, you cannot go into any any store. I, I dare people to, to go into any single store that does not have a product from China in it. I went I wanted to hang something on my front door and I found a red, white, and blue star. And I... I take the price tag off i hang it on the front door but before i do it i turn it over and i look at and it's made in china i've got a piece honoring the our american republic and it's made in communist china and I, I just and they put the price tag over it so you didn't know it until once you got it home and took the tag off
0: yeah 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 they they are everywhere and you know it you know what do you so what do you do about it i mean uh one of the things that uh, <clears throat> we suggested at uh, Heritage is that to, to, what would really sting them and really hurt them, make them lose face, and that is to focus on the Beijing Olympics and whether or not that should be postponed, moved to a different city, different place, uh, based upon the fact that you can't trust China to, to deal, you know, fairly and squarely in anything, including
1: sports. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, if people understood the lobbying that they have with our senators and congressmen, that helps you understand why Joe Biden and his son and his brother uh, got into bed with them or how Mitch McConnell is so influenced by them through his wife, whose father has direct connections to communist China. Or if you even think of bringing your manufacturing or any other business over to communist China, at least one to two members of the Communist Party must be on the board and part of that company how you have to surrender all of your intellectual materials designs and everything so that they can turn around and say all right you're going to manufacture for just so long and then we're going to turn around and steal your business and your product people fail to understand the influence and you mentioned the confucius schools why should anyone be worried about the confucius schools wasn't he a peaceful guy a logical guy someone that gave harmony really the schools?
0: What what concerns me about that, uh, among other things, is that this is not just at the college level, but that they are now invading the classrooms of Mm -hmm. K-12. And so you can see they're trying. Of course, they always take the long view. And this is one of the things, again, that's very hard for us to realize, that they don't necessarily look for immediate results. This is part of a 50 even a 100-year plan, in which they're not only wanting to be number one, but they want to pay back the West for and particularly the United States for what they see as insults, what they see as gratuitous behavior uh, on our part towards them. And so to to them, uh, they will do whatever they have to do to make us pay the appropriate price for the way that they've insulted and hurt and damaged uh, China, beginning with the opium wars back in the 19th century. So this has been going on for a long time. And there's a lot of payback involved, my point.
1: Oh, absolutely. And even if you even go back to the, uh, the American Railroad, <laughs> I mean, they've never forgiven us yeah. for that either. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many areas. But as we are a disposable society, we think short term. If we don't do it in 140 characters on Twitter, then it's not worth paying attention to. But they don't think in just five-second grat- gratification. They think in centuries.
0: Absolutely. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist, so I'm always looking for little, little signs of where people are working, uh, waking up. And it seems to me that there are U.S. companies doing business in China right now, that are again like like those African countries and Latin American countries that are getting the, the Chinese largesse and saying now wait a minute now what what are you saying that we have to do to make you happy and for us to continue continue doing business in China and the Chinese are saying well we just really would like to like, to, to do a sort of a security check on on you so would you mind opening up you know all of your various addresses and, and your emails and all of that. We just want to do a little security check to make sure that everything is okay. Uh, and you mentioned earlier the business about who owns what in China. Uh, I was over there about a decade ago. Uh, for some reason, I haven't been able to get a, a visa lately. <laughs> Gee, wonder why. <laughs> but when I did, I visited with with a friend with, with a colleague from Heritage who spoke fluent Chinese knew the background very, very well. And I was going to say how impressed I was by all the skyscrapers in Beijing and Shanghai. And he said, yes, well, do you know who owns them? And I said, well, I'm not quite sure. At that point, I still was catching up on my homework. And he said it was either the Communist Party or the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, owns mm-hmm. skyscrapers. And so as you pointed out earlier, when you buy that, that memento or that t-shirt or that jacket or whatever it may be, you are financing it to help to keep in business the Communist Party of China and or the People's Liberation Army.
1: And, gee, wasn't it such a uh, a really bad thing that Trump wouldn't arm the PLA? Wasn't there a big thing now asking Biden to start arming the PLA?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. so going back to the, <clears throat> the, to the business of the Confucius Institutes, because of, I don't know what you know about it, the National Association of Scholars. They did a wonderful report, which I relied heavily upon in my piece. And they were able to get these colleges and universities to open up. And as a result of it, because of the publicity, they've dropped out. They've mm-hmm. canceled. They've turned down and have turned off. The Confucius Institute and about half of the colleges where they were previously located. So, there there are some signs there of whether it's Confucius Institutes or whether it's the U.S. companies doing business in the uh, in China that they're beginning to realize the price you have to pay for doing business with China is too high.
1: Man, there's there's so much when you start China, we can go on for. Hours and hours and hours. You know, you've got the Chinese students that are coming over here and they have handlers that follow them around. And if they don't behave properly, then their family back at home could be threatened. You know, and and if they end up working in um, industry or laboratories, they are tasked with stealing that knowledge and technology. If not, again, their families are held, you know, as hostage over them. And so, you know, when we hear about the labs, especially DNA labs, collecting our DNA and sending it back, to, oh, it's only, don't worry, it's only for research. Yeah. What type of research? You mean the research that gave us the Wuhan virus? I mean, we can go on for hours and hours and hours.
0: Absolutely. And of course, you, you, as you know, the FBI is uh, actively looking at uh, in their counterintelligence operation at China and what they're doing here in this country. And we ran across this figure that of the 5,000 active counterintelligence cases of the FBI, one-fifth of them deal with China. One-thousand of the cases are one-fifth of them. Uh, So the the Bureau is also beginning to provide that kind of information, the kind of spotlight on what China is up to. So we are, I see signs, hopeful signs. That's, I have a, I'm an optimist, uh, hopeful signs of people beginning to realize that uh, this is not just friendly competition, but so a much more insidious uh, idea and goal is in mind by the Chinese communists.
1: Now, I, I have to admit, when um, Richard Nixon was president and he, with, uh, oh God, I can see his face and just his name, uh, Secretary of State, uh, oh, oh, geez. Yeah. Henry Kissinger. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's called brain farts. The gray hairs are starting to show. Um, Started their ping pong policy, ping pong diplomacy. Mm -hmm. I was screaming my head off, are you friggin' nuts? But they opened the door, and then we had um, Clinton push it even further by sending computer technology over there and scientists uh, and then it got jammed wide open under Obama. And now Biden, there's no door anymore. There's not even a curtain. How uh, how can we stop this encroachment on our society and the destruction of a republic that I foresee if we do not hold China in place?
0: Well, you're right. It, it, it's, it's, it, is, it is serious business. It really is. And uh, so what we have to do is to use the, the the, the tools, the weapons, if you will, that we have at hand. Uh, That includes your program. That includes the the media. That includes, uh, uh, you know, the media we have like Fox News and others as well. The print media, the Wall Street Journal is very good. Epoch Times? The Epoch Times, yes. Uh, No question about it. And I think also I'm looking for that leadership in the Congress, uh,
6: Mm -hmm. that there
0: has to be one senator or one congressman or a group of them who will come together and say, look, we're really going to take this seriously. We're going to begin to build up uh, the kind of information so that we can take appropriate action. As a result of that, you know, I have to, I have to say, I'm not quite sure maybe why, uh, but uh, Biden has added a couple of companies to the list of Chinese companies who are barred from doing business. In the USA, uh, I haven't been able to find out exactly what's the, the rationale for that, but they have done that. so at least they have not reduced what uh, Mr. Trump uh, started and did so effectively.
1: You know what the other thing that scares me is the financial market, their involvement in our financial market, and how government pensions invest in the Chinese financial market, and how our Wall Street is saying, well, maybe they're not so bad. But if they get control of our financial market, then that's it. We're done.
0: That you, this, of course, is, is part of their, their plan. This is part of their call it a 50 year or 100 year uh, campaign that they have against us. And they, they know that our uh, uh, position as sort of the, the finance uh, capital of the world is, is, is really all important. So if they can do what they can to weaken that, And that, it seems to me, explains why what they're doing in in Hong Kong, uh, that they want to make sure that Hong Kong stays uh, to be an integral part of the Chinese economy. They don't want Hong Kong to be too independent. Uh, It's all part of their plan, it seems to me, the Chinese Communist plan, uh, to supplant us as the the number one power, to have them as the superpower, and to then have Marxist-Leninist- Maoist thought taught in our schools. Seriously.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's funny because when you look at the influence that they have, and it's not just in one area. It is a multi-prong attack. Uh, I mean, it's it's more than just an octopus. It's a centipede, and it's a multi-prong attack on us in every aspect of our lives. And unless we recognize that and we find some way to counteract it, uh, we will fall prey. But I thank God people like you at Heritage are are keeping the fight up. You know, you got Hollywood is afraid to produce anything unless it's got approval from the Chinese uh, because they have a huge market in China. The NBA, you look at the sports uh, and if you look at any aspect of our society, there is an influence from the Chinese government in one way or another. And, you know, from our education to our recreation. And, and I'm glad that there are people out there try, trumpeting, you know, the horn and blowing the warning here. God bless you for that.
0: Well, we're doing our best. And uh, we're taking our lead from uh, Mr. Ray, the, the FBI director, who said the greatest threat to our intellectual property and our economic vitality is the economic espionage of China. I think that's one, one way of putting it, economic espionage, and in a way I think it gets, uh, draws people's attention. So we're going to continue to tell the truth. We think that the truth is going to make a difference. Uh, we're going to continue to look at China. And I, and I, I appreciate what you, what you said earlier about the fact that it's a multi-pronged, and I think that's something which uh, we're going to continue to emphasize and, and underline in our analysis of what China's up to.
1: Yeah, it is really, really, you know, uh, if people actually knew the truth, if they truly knew the truth, because if you get an export from China, we have one or two inspectors that watch all the exports. No, they give are given a clipboard and they said, well, this is what's inside that container, but you can't look in. So we have no idea what is coming over into our nation. And then you wonder how much Black Lives Matter has been influenced by the Chinese Communist. We do know that they were infiltrated into uh, the Antifa. And I also question whether or not how much, you know, the Muslim Brotherhood had their influence also. You know, the, the jihadist uh, tactics they used in their riots. So, you know, we're being attacked and yet many of us are asleep at the wheel.
0: I know. And certainly it's past time to wake everybody up. and that's what, That's <laughs> what we're trying to do.
1: <laughs> oh, man. But para- people can find you at heritage.org. Uh, Dr. Lee Edward, it is a pleasure having you, and I will welcome you back anytime, sir. And thank you got to thank so Tom for, for sending you over. He sends us such, such great guests.
0: Well, you're doing wonderful work. It's really important what you're doing. Good to be with you. Invite me back. I'll be there.
1: Oh, thank you. God bless and have a blessed weekend.
0: Thank you. Take care.
2: All right, Right.
1: Dr. Lee Edwards, check him out at Heritage.org. Dr.
2: Lee is a genius. I mean, he knocks things down. I I just loved it when he talks about different things. And the reason why he became a conservative was because of communism.
1: Yeah, You know what? I I printed out all of his articles, and I just flipped open only one of them.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're
0: right. I did become a conservative only after I was an anti-communist. So that's always been there. <laughs> yes. Not really. <laughs>
3: all
2: right. All right. God, God bless All the best. All, all, best. Best. all, Thank you. all the best. You too, Father. All right. We're down to book.
1: our last five minutes here, Daryl. And uh, I'm going to be working all next week on working out the kinks in the other program that we're going to be using. Um, So I will be on the phone back and forth with you as we get everything to rock and roll just right. And we'll test everything out. So Skype is going to be out. I have to say something. This is this
2: was actually a very good show today or today. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm honestly looking at it from the outside perspective They don't see our stress in the background, pulling out our hair, trying to find a number, (laughs) you know, taking a dip down underneath the desk for a little nip uh, because we just don't care anymore. (laughs) Bring the whole steel out, sit on the table. Okay. They don't get to see that. But we we get kind of stressed because we're trying to keep things moving. And I, I have to say one thing, public, keep this woman in mind she is a monster she is a true good dynamite excellent she's 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 better than southern comfort she's got southern sense okay and i i think i take both of them all right but uh listen we're gonna keep you abreast we're gonna keep you informed we're gonna keep you with knowledge and we love our listeners and share 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 it like it's a religion. Did I say that right? Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and Curtis will be back next week. So I'm going to be dropping this bomb on his lap.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like Curtis, Dale pulled his hair out. He's going bald now. He took a chunk out of his beard. Yeah. He was doing all good until he did this show.
1: Well, he's he's doing some sort of a a, a conference or whatever, um, so he had to pick up uh, C.L. Bryant and someone else at the airport, and uh, yeah, so you know he'll be back next week with us, and he's already got people he's trying to book onto the show. So I'm gonna have to let him get the load down on the new new way we're gonna be doing the calls. Uh, so hopefully we'll get that without the kinks so i know that if people dialed in to the btr number they weren't able to hear anything so that is something i that's between skype and blog talk radio there's there's some sort of a wall between the two so i apologize to anyone that tried to do that but i see that people were listening on blog talks obviously it was being broadcast there i there was a lot of comments that were popping up and i'm sorry i didn't get a chance to answer all of them i saw a bunch of them sarge i saw you duck i saw you um a bunch of you guys were over there on, on uh, YouTube, but I'm glad that broadcast. There was a slight cut in there at one point. My um, X-Splitter <laughs> crashed, and that was only just for a few minutes, oh, so I may have to happened. place the videos together and repost them. But uh, well, I got the we got thing. through it, Daryl. We the got whole, through it.
2: I got the whole thing. Don't worry about it. I just send you my whole long recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, fudge. You know, Bigfoot stayed here in the chat room uh, for the whole show. So thank you, uh, Sassy. Uh, anyway, we're going to close off. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. We're going to go when the role is called Up Yana. That's the song that you like so much, Daryl. Okay. So until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday, same bad time, same bad station. Good night. God bless. Oh. Well, it's supposed to be playing, and I don't hear anything. Oh, man, see? Can't even do that. So I'm not getting any of my recording playing. All right, well, we got a minute left, Daryl, so uh, whatever. Okay. Tell people about your show and stuff and what you do. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: Tell them about me again. Okay. Hi, I'm Daryl. They call me Odin on Global Light and Radio Network. Yes, I, I didn't say- know
1: Odin was black.
2: Hey, guess what? He is an incarnated spirit that dwells within us all. Um, believe it or not, there's a little bit more. You know, have you ever noticed that five out of the seven days of the week are given to the names of the Norse North gods? gods? Yeah. Mm. Hold on.
1: Thursday, Thor.
2: Wednesday, Odin. Wednesday, Odin. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> here's the funny part. There's something something that people don't ever think about. So, if we were naming the days of the week from the Greek, Hank, yeah, uh, this, yeah, this Monday?
1: Yeah. Monday, me moon day.
2: Yeah. So, if all these names supposedly came from the Greek, they lied to us again. Um, I had to do that. I just love to just show people where you get lied to all the days of your life, from birth to death. You will be lied to, but not by us. No, no, no. We're not going to lie to you. We're going to tell you the truth. So, you should be happy about that. We're not going to to the paratruth. We're
1: down to our last 10 seconds here. And I want to thank everyone for joining us. So, good night and God bless. We truly are out of here. Take care.